Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Monday special session of Crypto with English. I'd like to warmly welcome a returning, highly accomplished, and uh, highly fascinating guest with a very, <laughs> with a very deep, very specialized and esoteric and broad knowledge of health, both in Eastern and Western medicine. Dr. Pat Boulon, we are here today to celebrate the digital launch, which is on March 10th, of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Uh, an incredible book. And mind you, the physical hard copy launch of this book will be on March 15th, which you can find both on Amazon. Dr. Belong, thank you very much for coming back uh, onto this live stream. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm very excited to be here. And I always love being back here. It's very stimulating. And I oh, love thank you. it's a great platform to um, share knowledge and help your listeners have a better life and be vibrant and healthy. Absolutely. And I especially feel whether you're in tech, whether you're doing anything else, health is one of these things you really need to take ownership of and really have sovereignty over. And there is never a limit, and nor should there be, on really the amount of knowledge and wisdom you can learn from books or other individuals who have a specialized knowledge in this. So in the first two episodes, we did uh, more of kind of a uh, broader, you know, I guess you could say bird's eye view of your book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? Kind of leading up to this episode in which we're going to be celebrating the launch on uh, the digital on March 10th and the physical launch on March 15th. So um, what I really liked about this book are the seven important questions that you use as kind of the preface and almost kind of the overriding scope of how to, I think, take this book and probably how to process this book. And in fact, I would say those seven questions, at least this is my take from it, these are kind of seven questions of one's mortality, by the way. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, all of these things um, that we do in our life, um, kind of the broader habits and the micro habits that we do day in and day out, especially as to our diet, as to the way we manage energy, as to the way we sleep, um, these all directly reflect on how we're essentially going to perform um, as, let's say, for an engine and really what is going to be I guess you could say, what are going to be the cracks in that and how to maybe adjust and pivot away and, you know, mitigate a lot of those problems as essentially as a car or as the human engine as we are going on this journey. So, uh, you know, just as kind of a preamble of the book, that's one hell of a one hell of a haymaker. And I, and I really do like that. So if you if you wish, uh, we can go right to those seven questions. Sure. Awesome. Let's do that. Because I think that's right. a good place. It's a very, very good place to start. And absolutely. It, and also it helps people qualify whether or not this book right now is for them. <coughs> Excuse me or not. Um, right. And um, so the, the questions are important because they um, a lot of people are not really in touch with their health. But when you ask these questions, it makes them give cause to pause and think. Right. You know, and so, um, you know, it, some of these questions in, in my rule for these is, is that if you answer yes to any of these questions, if you answer yes to any of these questions, then this book is for you. 
And the first thing to do immediately would be get this book, read it, do the questionnaires that are in the book, um, which will tell you where to focus your time, energy, and money at, on what organ system is not in a good place. And then, you know, also maybe talk with me um, and, or talk with me in regards to what these, this all means. Like, what does it mean in my big right. plan of my life? And like, how do I get there? <coughs> right. I am so <coughs> sorry. No, um, no worries. Um, so um, the first question is a very general question. And that question um, just generally ask you is how, how has your health been in the last two years? You know, how do you feel your health? Has it been, has it declined or is it worsened in the last year? last right. two years, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're either going to say yes or no. Um, you know, and the, the second question here, um, is important because, you know, a lot of people have weight changes, um, either going up and getting heavier or going down. Um, and in the last five years, especially the last two years, you know, at least by 10%. Right. So if, you know, 10%, if you weigh 200 now, 10% of that is 20, 20 pounds. Right. And so um, you, you have to take a look at, you know, if that's a factor. The other question is, you know, do you have difficulty falling or staying asleep? A lot of people ask, tell me like, I can't, I don't sleep. I mean, I get up, I don't go back to sleep or I get up, you know, and I try to go back to sleep, you know, and then I realize, you know, I, I'm getting up exhausted in the morning. So the question is clearly is, do you have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep? And the fourth question is, right. do you take prescription medications? Right. You know, and um, and then the, the fifth question is, do you take any over-the-counter uh, prescription or non-prescription medications for pain or inflammation of the stomach or to help you sleep? And then the sixth question is, has your doctor told you that you have any blood pressure, blood glucose, or cholesterol issues? So in the, in the last one, right. it's just a simple question is, do you catch, you know, every cold or flu that goes around? Um, so a lot of these questions, you know, diving deeper into them is, is a simple thing to do. It's just like, you know, over the counter, uh, a lot of people say no, but then they forget that they take aspirin. Aspirin is an over the counter, you uh, prescription nice. and um you know and also for inflammation um and which can upset your stomach <laughs> um and so it's like that's nice. like the acids there's so many people who take antacids in order to function you know people yes. take cryosector nexium you know those proton inhibitors and you know and a lot of people have issues with blood pressure you know the how they're handling sugar you know and right. they have issues with how they're handling fat you know, and a lot of people who have just, you know, weak immune systems, you know, that, you know, they walk into a bookstore and like they're immediately affected and get congested. Or if they eat something in about an hour or so, or even right away, get congested, you've got some reactions going on in the body. So if you said yes to any of these questions, just take them in their pure content, then this book's for you. Right. And listen, I'll be the first one to admit um, I can already say yes to at least one of these questions. Do you have difficulty falling or staying asleep? Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with, let's say, my coffee intake or maybe just like uh, using like my iPhone or laptop before I go to sleep, which I know is probably not great to do with all the blue light coming out of it. But I would have to say, yeah, I <laughs> this book is for me. <laughs> so which other ones would you say yes to? I would say yes to 
Mm. I do periodically would take over the counter. So if I get migraines, I used to have like more so years ago, not so much now, but you know, every now and then like migraines or like these cluster headaches, then yeah, mm -hmm. I would take something like an aspirin or some sort of uh, anti-inflammatory, you know, type of drug to, you know, deal with that for sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, and so the answer would be yes. <laughs> and because oh, yeah, if you had, because sure. if you had one today, you would take something for it because you've got right. things that you want to complete. And that's so the answer Absolutely. would be yes. You know, and um, do you feel that your health has declined in the last two years or is it? The no, same? it's, it's, it's definitely gotten better. And I Good. think especially since I've been working remotely, mm -hmm. um, I honestly, I do a lot of my exercises just right either, you know, right by my or you know in my home office right next mm -hmm. to my desk or you know i have like weight equipment and exercise equipment in my garage and i'll just go in and do that so in fact uh at least for me um i've kind of uh at least in that regard taken advantage of the benefit of just doing everything remotely so i can really zip back and forth if i have to exercise or go running i can do that and just be right back in my desk and just resume you know, uh, what I'm, what I'm doing. So uh -huh. I would say it's, it's gotten better. I actually feel better now than in my twenties and I was mm -hmm. very active in my twenties. So. Okay. Um, and so the yeah. sleep things that you talk about the blue light that can also, that can affect you and coffee can affect you, but why would it, why would coffee not affect one person and then affect you? So you got to take a look at what's going on in the chemistry of the body and, you right. know, and, and how it's being processed because everyone's different and you're going to, how you're going to handle toxins in your system is going to be right. different from person to person, depending upon what their epigenetics and, you know, and, and that gene pool is like and how they're that's um, evolving out into the environment. But it, anyways, these are the basic questions, you yeah. know, for somebody to say like, you know, Hey, can you answer yes to, you know, like if you answered yes to any of these, then this book's for you. So you are lucky because you are in possession of my PDF copy. <laughs> so, right. I'm a front row and center right now. So I'm, I'm <laughs> very, uh, very happy to, uh, I'm very happy to go through this. Mm -hmm. So I have a right. question. How did you come up with these specific seven questions? Because they are very straightforward and they're broad, but this isn't exactly intuitive either. Like if somebody asked me, Adam, if and by the way, I know I'm not a health expert, but I think for most people, if you were to come up with seven questions to kind of summarize or encapsulate whether somebody's health is getting better over time or getting worse over time this pretty much summarizes it i mean i think well, whether you're an expert or a lay person this this is it right here well these are questions that um i have used in the past and i have right. been taught from my teachers um and you know from different you know angles and i've interviewed and have had um you know, have done so much intake with patients over 38 years that, you know, there's certain things that, you know, always seem to pop up that people always tell me, you know, that, you know, the, the, the big things, you know, like not right. sleeping, you know, and when I ask people about their meds, you know, they will tell me like they take like, you know, and, and their supplements, supplements fall right in there because some people take supplements right. like melatonin. If you're, right. you know, that's an over-counter, you know, type of thing. Or if you're taking, you know, um, vitamins, there's some vitamins that you might be taking that may, might be doing more harm than good. And so, right. you know, that all falls under this category. But the, how I ended up with these, you know, uh, in a nutshell is that, you know, I've used them in the past. 
Um, I've used them from, you know, I've have, you know, years ago been taught by my teachers that these were always good questions. And these basically handle just your general health. Because if right. you say yes to any of these, then I'm going to want to dive deeper into a specific organ system, whether or not it's uh, your cells in your body talking to other cells in your body, whether it's detoxification, whether it's a gut problem, because you want to find out why this is happening here. And so you've right. got to go deep. you got to go inside. And from inside, you have to work out. You know, right. musculoskeletal, like your endocrine system, the, the glucose metabolism system that you have in your body, the, all those things that, you know, you, you got to take a look at. But this is where those came from was from a, um, a general, like, information I've always used when I first start talking to somebody, if I'm out at a right. cocktail party or something like that. Right. Um, you know, I'll ask them, because this is like really non-invasive. You're not asking, you know, too much, you know, yeah. if you're in a social situation, but it gives you a good clue and just, and it's easy for me. Absolutely. I just give them my card or I get their contact information and I schedule a time with them to talk about their health. Right. And by the way, everybody, I would also like to remind that Dr. Ballone is both a Western medical doctor and also an accomplished uh, Eastern medicine practitioner of acupuncture. So uh, having the benefit of both of those expertises, how much, um, how much is of, let's say, the Eastern medicine side is reflected in this? Because I like to go and get acupuncture. And in fact, um, I would have to say my life has genuinely improved. Um, with acupuncture, seriously, like more than a lot of just over the counter stuff. Um, and I can't even, you know, obviously I can't even overstate or uh, I can't emphasize enough how beneficial acupuncture is. But I, I do recall when I first started getting acupuncture, one of the questions the acupuncturist asked me was actually about my sleep. Do you have difficulty falling or staying asleep? Mm -hmm. So I look at these questions and I'm like, this does seem uh, this does seem familiar. And they did ask me about blood pressure too. Well, you know, that's called the system survey, you know, and so okay. just a little bit clarity on my background is that I'm a doctor of chiropractic, you know, and I have certification in functional medicine when I have the same education as a medical doctor, except for uh, the pharmaceuticals. And so, in matter of fact, I have a good chunk of 400 plus hours, more than they have in the understanding of the workings of the body. But I also have the, I'm also an acupuncture physician um, besides that. So I have certification in sports medicine, rehabilitation, um, and uh, the uh, product of like uh, functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, um, as a lifestyle medicine first line practitioner. So I have, I have, um, textured background and understanding what's really going on with somebody. Um, right. So um, you were asking me a question. Can you repeat the question? So I make sure. Yes. Uh, as far as your expertise in Eastern medicine, how much of that is reflected in these uh, seven questions? Because like I said, when I first saw an acupuncturist, some of these questions were along those lines. They asked about my sleep and asked about my blood pressure. Okay. So all doctors, doesn't matter if they're east or west, you know, should right. be asking you those questions. So, so that's number one. And so number two, and the eastern part of it, you know, it's just like they're going to ask you that because they want to know how the meridians are working in the body. Right. And they're, all the meridians talk to each other. It's like all the organ systems. All the organ systems talk to each other, too. It's like they right. all in both um, like 
uh, ecosystems, they both um, are very confluent with each other and congruent with each other as far as like working together. So there's things, the difference that I see in acupuncture and Western medicine, you know, um, perhaps is that in Chinese medicine, and oriental medicine, they look at, you know, it's just like, why do you have something? Where is it coming to look for the root right. problem? Most of the time in Western medicine, they have high blood pressure. So there's an array of blood, high blood pressure meds that you're going to take in order to get back. They don't always address, some do, but they don't always address the, you know, alternative, like you know, looking or the lifestyle medicine approach of looking at the diet, looking at exercise and looking at targeted supplementation before you actually go to a med and use it. So a lot of times they start with the med and they work uh, forward from that. Wow. Okay. And uh, just for some further context, could you explain what meridians are? And I would like to say to some of my audience out there, um, they're more than just pressure points that you see in like action martial arts movies. So um, meridians are very, very important for the overall health of the body. So if uh, Dr. Ballone, if you can kind of uh, go into that a little bit more. Well, you know, an anatomical position in Western medicine is being standing up with your palms forward and your arms at your side. Chinese medicine, um, you know, anatomical position is with your hands over the top of your head, like I have kind of oh, like wow. right here. And yeah. so what the rule is, is that meridians that start on the hand and come down to the face, go from the face and they go down to the feet. That's how they connect to the next branch. And from the feet, right. they come back up to the chest and they go back out to the arms. And so right. the meridians are um, energy flows for each individual organ system. The first acupuncture needle that was ever discovered was a jade needle, like in the sixth century BC or AD it was one of those two. Wow. And, um, and they found the remnants of that. So at one point in time, they, um, a wise um, Chinese doctor, you know, either, you know, took like what was going on in the body as a river, because you have a, you know, the mouth of the river and oh, the river goes yeah. down into like the, the countryside. And what it does is like, you know, it has all this food here and it takes all the food here and it takes it through all the systems, all the channels. So they're kind of like channels of where things go. So the, for instance, the um, lung meridian, and you can probably see right here, lung meridian starts about right about my, this far, you know, if you take your hand and put yes. it underneath your clavicle, the bone here, the sure. collarbone. And so if you go down, you'll feel like if you put your arm up slightly like this, you can feel a hole and, you know, it feels like there's indentation. And then just slightly yeah, like below gap, that, yeah, yeah. about one uh, inch down is where the lung meridian emerges from the body. And then it comes oh, wow. up and it goes down the outside of the arm and it ends at the tip of the thumb. Right. And so at the, from somewhere along that line, just above the wrist, it connects with the large intestine and the large intestine goes down to the first finger and starts there and runs all the way up to across and it ends on the other side of the face, just on the other side of the nostril, you know, and then wow. the stomach meridian connects with that. And then from the stomach meridian, that runs all the way down to the foot. So remember I said from the head down to the foot. Yes. So you have an experience of that. And then the stomach meridian comes up and connects with the spleen. And the spleen comes up and it ends on the side of the torso. So it comes back up into the chest and that. Right. So they all do that. It's, it's pretty interesting. And they also have like the ceridian cycle 
where certain organ systems tonify, you know, have to do their thing at a specific hour in Chinese medicine. So for instance, the gallbladder is between 11 o'clock at night and um, one o'clock in the morning. And the wow. liver meridian has that time between one and three. And from right. three to five is the lung. So if you're finding that some point in time during the night, you're going to bed at nine or 10 o'clock at night, but you're not staying asleep, you know, it might be relevant to know what time you're waking up. If it's between 11 and one, one to three, three to five, you know, and right. then, and, and so, or like if there's a certain time of the day that you get absolutely downright exhausted, you right. know? And so it's just like, what time is that? Because then you can go back and you can see how the pieces of the puzzle fit together. And then you can take that information and you can look at like, what are the solutions? Wow. Very well said. And um, it's, it's very interesting, especially that it, I guess you could say the original founder or practitioner of acupuncture uh, conceptualized this, uh, I guess you could say the school of thought, this body of medicine as a river. So if we're kind of going back into some of the more specifics as far as experiences of acupuncture, whenever I saw an acupuncturist, whenever they would essentially put the and insert the acupuncture needles into my skin, it was on my head and it was on my feet. Uh-huh. Most of the time. So does that play into, I guess you could say, the concept of it being a river? Um, I guess you could have the mouth of the river and I guess you could have, you know, I guess you could say the opposite end. That <laughs> well, so to say, you can take a look at the heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the heart, you know, you, you breathe in air, the air uh, right. interchanges with the blood and supplies it with more oxygen. So that goes to the heart and the job of the heart is to pump it out to all the parts of the body. So then that goes there. So if you're looking at those kind of channels, like arteries and veins, because what comes goes out, it's got to come back up. But right. like a lot of the blood's always sent to the liver to help detoxify any toxins out of it, you know, and then be able to utilize the nutrients from that, you know, for other functions in the body. So the, in Chinese right. medicine, they say the liver spreads chi all over the body. Yes. You know, so you have, you know, the idea, the concept of like, um, of how the body functions, like when they, you know, they had to have done autopsies, you know, and right. open people up to find out like, you know, well, where does this go, you know, and right. where does that go? And so it, you know, the, it, it's interesting, the history of that. And when, cause I was a chiropractor before I went to acupuncture school, you know, one day I had this aha moment when one of my teachers was explaining something about the gallbladder and, you know, the stomach meridian and all these right. meridians um, that um, like the, um, the like small intestine um, and certain meridians on the young side, which those are all organs that um, are draining um, right. out of your system. And so I take a look at that and go like, wow, that's really, really interesting. And he had yeah. this concept that, you know, and explained that all those meridians all cross over just below the base of your neck. And wow. I thought for the all the years that I was a chiropractor, I, it was like this aha moment, like, well, that's why, you know, because there's so many people who have gallbladder problems and have fat metabolism and carbohydrate metabolism problems. A lot of times they always complain about, they're going like, it hurts right behind my neck, like when I go to right. put my neck back or something like that. As a 
in a chiropractically, I heard that so many times. And so when I went to acupuncture yeah. school, I went like, wow, that's why. <laughs> Just, you know, and, and when you're looking at the functional medicine portion of it, which I practice in my clinic when I had my clinic, I no longer, I work virtually now. Um, but it was so, it, it was so interesting to like a, a piece of the puzzle, you know, went into place yeah. and a bright light went on. It was really cool. One of those aha moments. Well, it was ways. easy because it made it easier to help people, you know, and yeah. like just like it and created like, wow, there's a solution, you know, that I did naturally. Now I know why, you know, that was happening. Right. And I was wondering, too, could you explain what she is? Because it is relatively controversial, you know, from literature that I've come across. And to be honest, um, even though, let's say, Western whether you say Western science or medicine can't maybe adequate adequately explain it, or there's literature out there that dismisses it. Um, there is also tangible evidence that at least the notion or the, you could say the context of this or the substance of this, there is, it exists. There is something um, as far as what defines chi. And I guess if you look at, you know, evidence, you look at incredible feats and in, let's say, uh, martial arts that have been recorded in history. And then you look at the life expectancy of the longest living people on earth. They're in Okinawa, Japan, and also parts of uh, other parts of Eastern Asia as well. And a lot of people who have these very long lives past 100, these are people who are, you know, using acupuncture in their lives. These are people who are, you know, practicing things like uh, Tai Chi, uh, other forms of martial arts, people who are kind of more in line with the Eastern uh, experience and thinking. So if you can kind of uh, get into the weeds of uh, what is chi and how does one define it? Well, you know, chi is the energy in the body. So it's best explained, like it's like an electrical network, you know, and it's just like when I remember, I just got them talking about like the lung meridian goes to here, connects to right. the large intestine meridian, the large intestine goes here, connects to the stomach meridian, the stomach meridian goes all the way down to the feet, connects to the spleen meridian. So she right. is an energy in the body and it's, um, it, you know, the, the best way is like electrical circuits, like in your house, like yeah. you have a, a fuse box and then you have these wires that go everywhere. And so it's the same kind of thing in the in the body but it's like it's the energy flow it's the life flow of the body when you don't have any chi you're dead and so right. and but where you know someplace that people express a lot of chi at is in their lungs and so right. you know when somebody who has weak lung chi then number seven will always be an answer will be the yes <laughs> because okay. they're those people catch it catch colds easy you know they get sick easier and that so there's ways to improve that and it, it, like you know you can probably equate good strong chi to having a good strong immune system um, right you know in, in that regard so it's there you know that energy always works when you put if anyone's ever had muscle stem where they put the pads on your body and they put the pads someplace else and they turn the electrical current up you cannot tell oh, me yes. like that one pad's talking to the other pad and it's making the muscle do something that's making like that's a forced chi movement. Um, and, and the idea is to create, you know, flow so you get rid of the inflammation out of the area and the area has an opportunity to heal faster. So in the, the body that happens also when an acupuncturist puts in the needle, they want to achieve chi. And a lot of times people experience as like a slight electrical shock, like 
like, like, yep, you got it. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, don't go any deeper, you know, or like, you know, that's perfectly fine. And let it sit and you stimulate it. So it opens. So it wakes that part of the body up. So when you're needling right. somebody, that's what, you know, what acupuncturists are looking for. They're looking for to achieve chi and have it connect. So that network, you know, lights up and all the, all the things that are supposed to light up uh, work and they work better afterwards. Wow. So let's say in the context of uh, martial arts, I, you know, for anybody who's either, who's either practiced it or seen in a movie. So if you look at, let's say traditional Japanese karate, you know, there is a kia, a shout once you execute a punch. And the characters, and I believe you could say the uh, translation is essentially a chi shout, kia, mm -hmm. so to say. Mm -hmm. So what what I noticed is, you know, let's say doing executing that shout, and let's say if chi or ki comes from the lungs, it feels like um, it feels like essentially your circulation and your muscles are kind of like a battering ram. So it just feels like some sort of automatic focus and alignment at that very very moment so mm -hmm. um you know i guess looking looking at that uh i would say that's probably a context of chi or ki mm -hmm. rather um you know whether it's you know obviously being acted upon something but uh it's it's definitely something that very much exists yes uh, to it, say the it, very least it it does and and you know and you can also feel it like you know when you hit your funny bone <laughs> right for instance, you know, like when you hit that funny bone, that nerve flow goes down. So you're saying, well, that's nerve right. flow, but that also is energy. It's just, it's semantic sometimes about what words actually use, you know, and right. what it means. So it's just like, you know, it for your whole energy field, which has been, you know, photographed with people on um, Killian photography, right? And so right. when they take a picture, like, or their your aura, you know, they they you sure. can see that energy field, um, you know, emanating from someone's body based upon that type of um, photography. Right. And before moving forward, so I do have a question. So speaking of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, key and chi, um, nowadays with a lot of, I guess you could say, martial arts training equipment, they have essentially like these dummies that they're built out of steel or some sort of similar material and they have pads in certain areas. And if you hit the pads, they measure the PSI, so to say, mm -hmm. pounds per square inch. Yep. So I've noticed when I've used this with a friend and used this at like, let's say other, you could say training studios and whatnot, if I punched it regularly, but if it, versus whether I punched it with like a key like with that lung shout, so to say, the PSI is greater, so to say. So clearly mm -hmm. more power and more force is being exerted. Um, well, would you be, yes. Well, I would, you know, say, you know, like when you're in your groove, you know, yes. when, when you know that like things are like rolling, rocking and rolling in your sphere, you know, yes. you've got a higher level of energy and you'd be able to use that energy in a more directed form, hopefully for good. Um, right. And, you know, and, and so when you're able to use that, you're more on target, you're on purpose, you have intention, you have focus, you're moving forward and you can clearly see where you're going. Right. That is incredible as well. All right. So moving forward through, yeah. uh, through the, through the book here. Now you have a very, very interesting statistic coming up, but I want you to kind of explain um, this section here. So you're kind of elaborating and giving people their why, as far as why you should take this journey, go through this book and I really do like what you say down here, be stronger than your excuses, because listen, there's many excuses for many things, especially in this day and age. And a lot of times 
when it comes to, I guess you could say the overall busyness of life, health tends to come at the bottom for many. And I've made this mistake in my life too. And <laughs> frankly speaking, it should be at the top. So, um, can you go into, I guess, you know, some of your, um, some of your musings here and, uh, you know, some of your feelings that were expressed in this section? Okay. So let me see where we're at exactly. So, you know, when I talk about being stronger than your excuses, you know, no matter what your excuse is, doesn't matter if it's for your health or for your life or for your work or whatever. When you, when you start saying, or you screwed up and instead of owning it, you know, right. and saying like, you know, gosh, you know, that's right. Like, what can I do to correct it? You know, you start making excuses like, you know, I, you know, sometimes stuff happens. Let's just say that we know that, you know, but right. repetitious stuff is like not a good thing. A lot of people don't take consideration for their health. And you said it yourself that you've done it yourself. I've done it myself. Oh, yeah. Everyone has that moment. Like if I'm traveling on a road trip, you know, and I have certain, um, I have I have certain things that you know, like I'm trying to get to a certain place. You know, I might skip lunch, you know, and just right. decide I've to done drive, that. Yeah. And, 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 and drive through, you know, yeah. and it's just like or like, you know, getting that nutrition because you want to stay very focused, especially if you have a long trip to go through. Right. So, you know, the thing of being stronger than excuses is just like, you know, you have to ask yourself, OK, um, I'm not going to take care of my health. You know, it's like, is that a smart thing to do? And the answer is no. And so it's just, there's not another answer. And so you need your health for everything. Right. So when people tell me, you know, it's just like, you know, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't, can't figure out how to get forward. And a lot of right. time they're in a state of confusion because they're eating poorly and they're not making good decisions about anything, including themselves. So right. you have to take a look at like what, you know, when someone tells me what their excuse is, like I was on a, a podcast with this guy in Australia and, um, yes. and I said, I go, let's take you for instance. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, you know, he goes, well, I don't know. And he goes, I, I go, give me an excuse. He goes, right. I leave in the morning. I don't get back and I don't eat till when I get home. And by the time I get home at seven or eight o'clock at night, I have, I eat my meal for the day and then I go to sleep. You know, and I said, well, that's not good. <laughs> and because first off, you're not hydrating. Secondly, I go, is it possible that you could take um, like if you bought like, you know, uh, pre-measured in, in their container, you know, protein medical food with you so that you could take that throughout the day? Right. And so and he said, yes. You know, is it possible? Is, would it be a hassle for you if you took a jug of water in your car with you, you know, and took a shaker so that you could do these things like throughout the day? So you would have right. enough protein to sustain your energy and also your brain function. Who wants to lose their brain? Right. You know, and so, you know, you, you need to be able to have the right glucose levels and you have to be able to maintain those things. So in order to do that, you need to have food throughout the day, whether it's a shake or whether in a good shape, because not all of them are made the same. And, right. you know, and I go, and then when you get to your dinner, you're not overfilling yourself up and where you have the opportunity or your body's so stressed that it's going to start taking whatever you ate and make it into fat. And then you have oh, layers right. upon layers of fat on your body. It's very true. So, you know, talking about this, like, you know, being stronger excuse, it's just like, you know, anytime someone says I can't do something, you really got to ask yourself, like, why is it I can't do that? You know, and it's yeah. just like, because sometimes things are just not for you, 
But your answer right. about your health should never be, I'm not interested in my health because you've got to be there. If you're married, if you've got family, if you want, you know, if you want to be around for when your daughter starts right. dating somebody so you can take them, say like, don't you ever take my daughter out again. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like, what, what do you mean you're taking my daughter where? You know, you're not going anywhere. Right. Go up to your room. Um, you know, but the... You know, but having that ability to be there, you're going to have to take care of yourself now so that you can For have sure. you can reap the benefits of your good health. And you have something in your bank to use in the event, unfortunate event that something happens, because if you don't have right. your bank full, you know, then when something does happen, like we, yeah. you know, we always have something that happens at some point in time, you know, then you have to take a look at like, well, what is that? It's just like, I, I need to have, you know, that health because being there as a parent, being there as, you know, for right. my parents or, you know, for my wife's parents, who, whoever, you know, you have to be there. And, and so that's, there's no excuse for not having good health. Right. And by having the way, the best health you possibly can have. Absolutely. And by the way, I'll be the first one to admit um, one of my excuses was productivity. And I think that was a very bad slippery slope because that can be like a almost like a you could say a proper justification like this has to get done. I have to do this. And then it's like, OK, I can't eat lunch right now. I can't stop. I can't hydrate. This absolutely has to get done. And you know what happens is that exhaustion carries on to the following day and to the rest of the week, at least in my experience. Because I felt like, okay, it's just going to take too much energy for me to slow down, eat a proper meal. Let me just snack a little bit, keep throwing back coffee, and just keep going on. And I'll tell you this, before, and I don't do this really anymore, I almost always regretted it, so to say. Well, you know, because it has a cumulatory effect. So, like, if you don't yeah. eat, if you don't eat properly, then something's going to happen. Like, you know, because you are you you eat food to sustain your body. So if you're not sustaining right. your body, then you're actually being abusive to your body. If right. you're not giving it the nutrition and activity that it needs and the sleep that it needs in order to go from one point to another. And that's, so that's, that's an important thing. So when you're just like, you know, and I do that too. Sometimes if I'm working on a project, I'll look at the time and go, Oh, when I, my dog was alive, I go, Jack, Jack, let me think about when I took him out. It's just like, I've yeah. got, I want to finish this one part, you know, and then, you know, sometimes, and as soon as I would start getting into that one part, it kept on ruminating in the back of my mind. So I wasn't focused on what I was doing anyway. So I would just pick him up and take him outside and spend a half hour with him. You know, and then we'd yeah. come back in like for a 15 minute cuddle. And then I went back to work and then I was able to do something for a straight, like solid three, four hours at a time. Right. You know, and then, you know, I would just like, he was my saving grace that I didn't get consumed <laughs> by my work. Right. Right. <laughs> so. That is wonderful. And moving forward, now, I know this is a little cliched in the way most people use it, um, but you mentioned here having the work-home balance. And above it, obviously, you have be stronger than, than your excuses. So would it be fair to say literally nobody has an excuse anymore? Most of society is now migrating, if not already, to working remotely. So, you know, if let's say people before were just putting off their health, and you're working remotely now, you really have no excuse to be kind of putting your health on the back burner. You know, that's what it seems like to me. Like there's literally almost no excuse now. 
Well, you know, too, it's just like also people use, you know, their work as a venue to have that social activity because health is right. not merely the absence of disease or infirmities, right? But you, and you also right. have to take a look at like how does that parlay into like, you know, mental, physical, emotional, social, spiritual, and whatever um, right. that you want to say. So that having, you know, that, you know, it's just like that work, you know, that balance between. Yeah. You know, that has always been a problem, especially for people who are stuck in corporate, you know, who, right. you know, got on the corporate wheel and all of a sudden they wake up, you know, years later, burnt out. They wake up sick. They wake up, you know, um, in some level because they like they never took the time to recuperate. And they are right. saying they, when they should have been saying, I can't I can you know, I can take that on, but I need more help, you know, instead of doing right. it yourself. So if you want me to do that. Great, but then I have to be able to delegate. So, like, what what um, laterality do I have to be able to delegate some of this project out? Nice. So, Absolutely. you know, and then you know, you you have you know when you when you go and you get those things balanced, you know, and you have that balance, then you can be stronger. It's easier. You know, you make better decisions because you're eating better. You have more balance right. because, you know, it's just like it's it's like you know, right side left side. If I do that, then this is what's going to happen. If I don't, if I do, if I overdo in this one area, um, right. you know, and, and also like, you know, in a lot of people, sometimes they get to that point, they have a breaking point and then they blame it on their employer, which they really should not be blaming it on their employer. I don't feel, I think they should be blaming it on themselves for not, not saying no, you know, right. and having, and creating that boundary. That's um, creating those boundaries. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, so you know, when one goes I'm sorry. Yes, go on. Well, and, well, and then the other two things on here is like because when you get more out of your day, you know, and you organize that in a fashion, which I help with the mindset and the positive mental attitude, so that you can have the breakthroughs that you need. Then we put the wellness initiatives into place that make that even more that cements that in. So it's like a non-event, like three months, four months down the road, and that that's the part right. that's important. And then you can thrive. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I really like about this is that, um, and this is something I kind of took, you know, your health is not only about you. It's about people who also rely on you as, as well. And you're not helping or doing any good for those loved ones if you're not taking care of yourself. So, um, you know, for me, I, I would say mm -hmm. don't look at self-care or taking care of yourself as something that's selfish, so to say. If you need those extra hours to work out and go for a run, um, you know, these are absolutely essential to do your duty or do what you need to do to, you know, make your life and, you know, kind of everybody else's life around you in your world much you know, better. Sometimes too, where I really come in very handy with my clients is that, you know, when they're looking at time management, some people yeah. are just really confused by time management. And yeah. so, you know, and, and so it's just like, like, well, how do I fit this in? Like, how do I do this? Well, if you wanted to do the exercise and you wanted to like, you know, do your meditation and you wanted right. to do your journaling, you know, just because it's journaling doesn't mean it has to be written down. I mean, it might be that right. might be helpful for you. That might be, you know, like something that has to happen for you. But, right. you know, it's just like, you know, in my 45 minute um, protocol that I get people to do every morning, you know, you get hydrated, you walk, you have mindful meditation, you're grateful and you journal all within 45 minutes. You know, and you're wow. doing it while you're doing mindful meditation type of activities. 
So I teach that to my clients specifically so that they can, you know, have the best benefit of like, yeah, I got all this stuff done. I, I did my breathing exercises. I got my exercise in, you know, I, I know what I'm grateful for. I know what I got to do that day. My three or four or five most important things to do that day, you know, right. to make it in order to be productive. And I'm going to do those first before I do anything else. That means emails come at the end of the day. And so that's awesome. You know, yeah. And so and then like, you know, and I have an article that I wrote and I give as a free gift and um, to people when I, I connect with them. It's like I have an article called Wake Up Productive. And so <laughs> in that article, it, it addresses like, you know, five things that you can do today to be more productive for tomorrow. Right. I will say, um, you know, as far as organizing my day, I do have, you know, little tools and schedules and lists that I do. But that 45 minute jump start, so to say, um, I have to start doing that. And I definitely love to learn more about it, maybe offline. It sounds great. And I think I should really integrate it's, more of that into it's, my morning. It's easy. It's like, you know, like a power hour of like, you know, it, it helps you become you understand where your focus is. You understand yes. where you have to, your, your intent is for the day, and you understand, you know, like um, purpose. Then you can take yeah. action, the appropriate action. Like, what do I need to do first? You know, what do right. I need to do second? You know, and of course, there's days that you get derailed, but you know, it's just sure. like it's like okay, so you know, instead of taking this break here because of this, I'm going to take this break here. I'm going to go out and hug a tree <laughs> or something like yeah. that, you know, and then, and then come back from that. And then you're more refreshed to be able to like really jump in and have that concentric focus that you want to have in order to get the stuff done. And then you're not tired at the end of the day, you know, yeah, when you complete a task, bless it and release it and let it go and move on to your next yeah. task. And by the way, you've said this a lot, go outside and hug a tree. And I have to say, um, if I'm having a day where I'm just doing a lot and, you know, my head is pounding, just simply going outside. And even if I'm not doing anything, just standing outside with just greenery around me, it's almost like a, having a second wind, so to mm -hmm. say. It's like I'm, it's almost like having another day within a day to do more. Could you explain some of that? Because the stoma on the bottom of the this is my favorite topic when I was in college, my okay. teacher you know, there's more um, things called stoma where the oxygen exchange is at on a leaf on the bottom as opposed to the top. So yes. when you go out into nature, you know, and where there's, you have a lot of greenery, you're having much more exposure to oxygen, which is good for your brain and good for your body. It, it right. is, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's, it brings, and it will also give you peace of mind. You know, green is always yeah. soothing. You know, it's not it like that shocking yellow, you know, that right. you see with some red, you know, red lettering on it, which is like, oh, my, some of that, some, when I look at that, it hurts my eyes. That's thinking, okay, next, yes. whatever it is, I don't even read it. So, Agreed. <laughs> they got my attention, but they didn't keep my attention. <laughs> so, right. right. So be fair to say with those who take the journey and start with your book digitally on March 10th, and if you want a hard copy on March 15th, what you'll walk away with is being stronger, making better decisions, having more balance, get more out of your day and thrive. That seems like the formula to have a much higher and much more comfortable increased life expectancy without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. You know, but, you know, just like I always I get asked a lot, like why, you know, if you were retired at one point in time, um, why did you come back into you know work? 
And sure. so, cause there's some time that passed between that time um, from when, you know, I had a practice on a very successful practice on Cape Cod and I left it, I sold it and I moved to Boston and yeah. I was so burnt out um, from people always wanting something from me, you know, right. and me always being available and never saying no to anybody right. who was in pain. That right. was a rule in my office. I just figure it out, like tell me I can come in, put them in this room, put ice on it and I'll figure it out, you know? And, and I right. did, I was very good with time management and being organized. But I saw when I lived in Boston, you know, and, the, and this is a shocking part of it is that, you know, cause I always wanted to live in a big city. So yeah. when I saw when I lived in Boston, um, you know, and living downtown in the financial district, I'd walk around a lot and I would see, I'd go certain places. I would either go sit, you know, Christopher Columbus Park and watch the water right, yeah. and watch the boats come in and out the ferries. Or, you know, when I took a break or I'd walk over to Post Office Square and Post Office Square is where I saw right. the most sick people because everyone's in the financial district. You know, right, um, right. Charles Schwab's was there, Fidelity, you name it. It was there, Bank of Boston, you know, or players, Bank of yeah. America. They're all in the one place. And so I used to watch people walk around and there's like nobody home, <laughs> and, you know, right. or, you know, and there's an instance that I remember that when I was walking around, I saw this guy kind of like have this slimy, greasy sweat coming out of him, And, um, and you know, it was kind of warm outside, you know, but I went up to him and said, Hey, how are you feeling? Yeah. And um, he said, I don't know. He goes, I, he goes, I feel like I've, I'm tired. You know, and um, yeah. I said to him, he had this kind of like grayish tint to him. And um, I said, such, I'm looking at him. I said, why don't we send you to the hospital? He went, okay. <laughs> and I hailed the yeah. yeah. taxi and I opened the door, got him in there. And I told the guy, take him to mass general emergency. <laughs> Just yeah. like, and closed the door. And, you know, and I saw him about a month and a half later. And he came up to me, he goes, lady, I don't know what you do. He goes, but I think you saved my life. You know, and I went, wow, that's great. I said, you look so yeah. much better. I said, you know, because I'm thinking he could easily have had the flu also, but he needed sure. to go someplace where he could get that um, right. handled and, and under wraps like quickly, just in case. Right. It's better to be yeah. safe than sorry, you know. Yeah. And so I used to see people like that all the time. I used to see people like, you know, nobody home or like just right. kind of just bad body posture. You know, and right. I would ask him how, like, you know, how you doing? You seem like you got something on your mind, you know, and, you know, and people would like, they would tell me all sorts of things. And I'm just thinking, I, you know, they go like, God, I go, you should, I go, maybe you should take a break, you know, go down to the, you know, go down to the, behind the Boston Harbor Hotel. They have really nice places that you can sit, you know, and you can watch the ferries come in, take 10 minutes and go do that, you know? And I said, so what's really bothering you? Right. <laughs> so, but I had these like conversations and people would tell me a whole slew of so many things. And so right. what I realized is that people were sick and that they were sick from their environment. They're sick because of the traumas that they've incurred, like the, from whatever sport they were in, they misaligned, sure. um, they uh, have trauma, they have, you know, from toxins you know, sure. from the water that they drink, the air that they were breathing, you know, and um, and the, the food that they were eating, like food choices um, and the such. And then also from things like, you know, like their thoughts, you know, when you could see people who were like deep right. thoughts, like when you're, you're saying no one's home, they've got to be someplace, you know. Right. And the other thing that happened during that time when I was doing all that and having this realization 
is that I read an article that was put out by the CDC and the CDC said that out of 212 dangerous chemicals, all the Americans that they tested, tested positive for those chemicals, all of them in their blood and urine. And that was going to be my follow-up question, actually, those 212 (laughs) chemicals. Before we get to that, you were mentioning bad posture. How does bad posture affect your health, especially like the interactions between your organs and the circulation of blood and things like that? Or does it? Well, it does. And so the, um, the, your, every time that you get up, your body's exercising, you know, it's, it's triggering. When you start feeling your back twitch, you've probably been sitting way too long and for years it's sitting way too long. So that core strength is really important. You know, and it's important like when it's it's important to every aspect of health, because when you have good posture, then you have a properly functioning nervous system or the more likelihood of having a properly functioning nervous system. Right. And so posture, you know, it's just like structure is function. If you don't have good structure, then you can't have good function. At some point in time, something's got to give in order for that to like because it's going to keep on adapting. And right. you're going to keep on adapting. It's like, you know, the more that you have the ability to interact with your environment and adapt to it, the stronger your immune system is going to be, you know, right. and you have to have hydration because you have muscles that are attached to bone and that tell, like that have you either sit up straight or have the ability to do it for a long period of time. So if you don't have the other components that are in that five pillars of health, which I have not gone over yet, but there's diet. Um, and nutrition, which are one thing for me, because you have to have good diet and good nutrition, um, proper exercise, proper sleep, positive mental attitude and mindset, and a properly functioning nervous system, which is the biomechanics, structure function, and proper posture. So right. when you have that, everyone always shuffles when I say that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I just did. you know, the mindset, when you have the right. mindset and you have, you know, the mindset and you have the structural and, and the, the nervous system doing what it best can do at that moment, and you add in the wellness initiatives, you can have such an incredible experience of having a healthy, vibrant life, you know, that right. that's the given part of that. So yeah. the posture part of it's huge. Um, and like, you know, how you sleep. You know, right. do you sleep on your stomach? Probably not. It's not a good idea. Let me just say right. that for your neck or for your low back. And especially as you get older, as a baby, they do that, you know, but there's a lot more limber and there's a lot more flexibility right. and your bones right. haven't ossified yet, you know, so are the, the ligaments, but there's, there's a, um, other components that do that. That's why chiropractors are so great at the biomechanics of the spine and to keep you, keep the spine healthy and keep it moving. And, you know, you mentioned something interesting. So sleeping on your stomach. Now, I know a lot of people that do this. I stopped doing it over time. So I sleep mostly on my back, or at least that's how I tend to fall asleep anyway. Why is sleeping on your stomach so bad for you? Now, you mentioned now you mentioned what it does to your back and perhaps neck, but um, you can kind of get into the weeds about that a little bit. Well, you know, without going into a big, deep rabbit hole, um, what the, sleeping on your stomach does not support spinal structure. So what oh, puts okay. you what puts you in ergonomic rest or ergonomic correct position ergonomic is rest. your knees slightly bent with a pillow under it and pillow underneath your neck. That keeps wow. your spine in alignment. And so if you look at somebody who's laying on the bed on the side, you want the spine to be parallel to the bed. 
So not with the head up or down, but directly in the center. So that would be the proper um, alignment for when you're laying down. When you're laying on your stomach, you don't have that structural support. Wow. Ergonomic alignments. Now, I wow, I truly learned something very, very fascinating right now. So having essentially some something supporting your neck with something probably underneath your knees, so they're kind of up. Mm -hmm. So that Just is like why that. that position is so comfortable. <laughs> right. That makes you know, like if sense. you're going to use ice or you know, a, right. like that kind of modality, that would be the time to put the ice on and put it in the area so that your your body can rest. It can get the rest that it needs while it's having the therapy. That is awesome. Remember that term, everybody. <laughs> ergonomic, <laughs> alignment. ergonomic rest, <laughs> alignment. Yes. All right. Moving forward. So, um, you have some very interesting, uh, I guess you could say, facts here. A recent statistic indicated that in the near future, 2030, we will see approximately 50% of our populations stricken with a chronic illness. We are not a nation that is getting healthier, but a nation whose people are quite ill mimicking the sick model of medicine and it is incredibly costly wow could you talk about the sick model of medicine i can <laughs> you know awesome. i've had personal experience with the sick model of medicine um you know sick model like you know in western medicine it isn't like they're doing something wrong because they don't know any better because they're right. doing whatever's in their box of, of in their toolbox right right and so Stepping outside that toolbox, the sick model of medicine is that we can't fix you until you're sick, you know, and they got to right. know what the sickness is. So they have to identify that. So it's usually when you go to, you know, a Western medicine doctor, they go, what's the matter? They don't look for the root cause. They'll go, why do you have high blood pressure? You know, right. like, why do you have that limp? You know, why does your knee hurt? You know, you know, right. like, what, where does that come from? You know, like, you know, why do you feel depressed? You know, like, how are right. you eating? They don't tie that back into the gut at all. You know, and, and matter of fact, in 2004, and Time Magazine, if you maybe remember this, or you can look it up, it was February something, because that used to come out every week. But it right. has, you know, the, the it's striking or the surprising link between inflammation and chronic illness and disease. That was in yes, 2004. Yes, I remember that now. They, yes. they still don't know what the heck they're doing with it. I mean, they're, they're feeding, if you are taking a med for a certain situation, like I have a really, I love my cousin, but he's taking meds for high blood pressure. And he's going, oh, I'm healthy because I don't have those numbers anymore. I said, but it doesn't make you healthy. You know, if you're right. taking something to mask the symptoms, it doesn't mean that you're healthy. And so, you know, you got to go like, well, why do I have high blood pressure? Why not go back to the root of like why you have a high blood pressure, for instance, and fix that, you know, so that you're not reliant on medications that sometimes have to keep on changing or there's side effects. And then you're taking another medication for that and another medication for those side effects and so on and so on. So the right. sick model of medicine just supports you being sick. You know, like, you know, like big pharma doesn't want you to be healthy. They wouldn't make any money. Right. You know, and they certainly certainly don't make any supplements that are worthwhile, you know, uh, in staying away from that type of, you know, thing. Anyway, the biggest oxymoron I've seen when I lived in Washington, D.C., stumbled upon the USDA farmer's market, which I thought, God, I go, whoever buys food there? I mean, it just, it just didn't <laughs> right. even I, I thought, wow, that was I, I, I think I tried to flip around. 
and take a picture of the sign. Um, and one day I did actually get a picture of it, but I just thought like, you know, I said, God, those people are out to kill you. <laughs> like, right. Because you are what you eat. You are what you're, and you, like, you so. are what you eat. You are what you're able to absorb, you know? So, right. and that stat, here's the scary part about that stat, the 2030, you know, year yes. thing is that um, I read an article about a week ago, because this is already into publication. I read an article about a week ago that said that we are now at over 50% of people who have some chronic illness or disease. Now, I didn't wow. check the article or fact check, you know, because um, it was from a um, New England journal or it was from a Lancet type article. It wasn't right. from, like, it wasn't from, you know, Time Magazine or something. Um, but it, it was interesting that I think we're going to reach that reach those numbers even sooner than I, 2030. I you know, and we already saw how costly, you know, being sick is, you know, and how yeah. much money actually big pharma's made. I mean, in the last year, they uh, like made over billions of dollars on some what? of their <laughs> on some of their new meds that they put out that, you know, um, that are, um, you know, they're supposed to have helped you. But I'm not really clear on the, those numbers either. So, yeah, I would imagine they've probably had a windfall these past two years with everything that's been going on with billions. The, yeah, COVID, <laughs> the lockdowns, and mm -hmm. kind of the overall numbers increasing for a lot of these bad things, you know, obesity, mm -hmm. alcoholism, um, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I do have a question, a follow-up question as a sick model of medicine. For me, it seems like a relatively recent phenomenon. You know, if I was to remember, let's say, you know, learning, you know, civics, U.S. history as a kid, it seemed like the first half of the 20th century and maybe a little little bit further after that, it just seemed like, especially in the United States, these major diseases, many major diseases have been just getting cured left and right. We're looking at, you know, polio and measles and smallpox, a lot of things that historically um, – just kill people or reduce people to having a very, very excruciating, painful life. It just seemed like, you know, the first half or, or at least a little bit greater than the first half, those were being cured. Now it seems like, I don't know if this started in the 60s or the 70s, but going forward, you know, looking at history books, I'm like, what major things have we been curing? Like technology has been getting better. At least, you know, during that time, it seems like society, you know, more or less has been getting more comfortable over time why like for instance why isn't cancer knocked out of the park already it, it, like i would think you know that would have been next <laughs> on the agenda after kind of going through all those other diseases in history well you know there's a it goes back to your gut what and, and it goes back to that article back in time magazine in 2004 yeah. In 2004, they said they they knew about the link between inflammation because every one of those diseases creates inflammation in the body. So if right. you know where the inflammation is coming from, you can address it. But they address it with right. drugs, which only mask the symptoms. They don't address right. the actual problem. And they don't know how to go back to the actual problem. Even in Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine, at least when they're looking at people who have blood pressure, have six different reasons why people might have blood pressure. You know, right. whether, you know, or eight reasons. And then what they do is they go back and go like, so, you know, what can you, what herb can you give? What acupuncture point associated with that? So that it goes to the root and the root problem gets addressed and fixed, you know, because you want to treat the symptoms, why yeah. they're going on, but you also want to, in treating the symptoms, you want to, 
you know, so, so that you can pacify them while you're working on the root cause. That's right. probably the best way to say that. Yeah. Speaking of and root that, causes, um, you know, kind of the reason why I started getting acupuncture in the first place was this was probably in about 2018, 2019. So I'm about 33, 34 years old. I ended up developing sciatica in my back. So this was on my right side, lower back, and essentially the shooting pain mm -hmm. all up and down my leg, you know, to my instep, to my ankles. And, you know, at the time, you know, I would buy braces, those, you know, compression wear for things like your knee and your ankle and even kind of like your hip and lower back. And it helped. But um, it didn't really improve like overall function and energy and just comfort. So I tried exercising at the time, but it was still very rocky. It was like trying to drive a car with the emergency brake on. You know, you just kind of, you feel how, you feel how awkward and sluggish it is. And then um, I saw an acupuncturist and um, she, you know, many ways talked about the root of the problem, talked about the posture and sitting down all day. And then once I started getting acupuncture and I guess it started, you know, um, fixing um, and remedying some of the issues with uh, meridians and things like that, I was then able to just comfortably exercise again. And then like, um, you know, over time, the exercise, you know, started getting better. I continuously started getting acupuncture as well. And that really um, improved the overall source and, you know, function versus like, okay, I'm going to, you know, wear these uh, <laughs> braces just to kind of keep me okay when I'm sitting down at work most of the time. So um, it, it's incredible, I have to say. Well, it's because when you're sitting, you have 271 pounds per square inch on your third lumbar disc. When you're standing wow. up, that number goes down. So it's just like, so you're not compressing the disc um, that might cause, you know, other problems with how right. you're functioning, you know, and, yeah. and, and, for, and for the pain. So the idea of the brace is to keep things kind of like um, held in place, which sometimes is important to do. You know, right. because after sometimes you get adjusted, like the ligaments are really sloppy. So you've got to like feed the ligaments some nutrition right. to help support it. But it's just like in the structures function model, you know, it's just like you got, you know, you have like, like, well, what does that, what does that mean? Like how many pounds per square inch do I have like on, you know, on this area? And no wonder the disc is because when you're sitting, the pressure doesn't go into the right place in the disc, especially if there's an ear, if there's a problem with the disc, it's going to bulge out to the back usually. Right. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Awesome. It does. So, it's like a, it's like a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. you're getting the hamburger. <laughs> right. And, so, um, you know, moving. Yes. I'm sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say, this is the forward that, um, in, oh. in the book, um, yes. that, you know, tells like, you know, the, the premise of the guide and things like that for the, like, you know, for moving forward with, with this book. Um, right. and it was, um, there's chapter, like the book is situated. So, cause that's this next part that you're coming to really talks about that. How, like, how's the book, you know, designed the book's designed to give you information to go take you, walk you down a specific path so that when you right. get to the questions in the book, the questions will uh, reveal to you where your weakest and strongest links are. Absolutely. You know, and so when you do that, you can chart them out on a chart that's in the back of the book. Yes. That you can download. 
Yes. And down, you know, either, and especially on the digital, that that will be with the link in order to do that. So you can download that. Right. So you can look at what your graph looks like. So you can say, what's my health pattern? Like, you know, I have a bunch of high scores. I have a bunch of low scores. Lower the better, by the way. Um, right, but, right. But, but then it's like you have higher scores. Then you've got to look at like, well, what's that pattern? What does that pattern mean? Where do right. I start my health journey? And where do I spend my time, energy, and money? Because being fat you can tell being tired you know but you being sick you don't know what that pattern is and this in-depth um, questionnaire that covers all organ systems of the body then right. what that does is it like it identifies that and you can see the picture of what's going on with you at the moment it's the first um, test that I do and where I, cause I don't guess I test first, but it's one of the right. first tests that I do to collect information so that I can give feedback like, Hey, based upon my 38 plus years, this is what I know to be true about these questions and how they answer them this way. And here's the next best three things you can do immediately to have right. better fiber, have better, you know, mental thought and be more productive within your day. Right. And, and by the way, I have a little bit of a out of the box question here, but it's very relevant to what you're talk talking about. So remember as a kid, so let's say when I was in elementary school, this is early 90s, so to say, um, back then, uh, you know, whether it was you know, nurses or doctors, if there was if there was, you know, let's say a child that was overweight, um, people, they would simply say, you're fat. Um, you need to exercise more. You need to like adjust your diet, so to say. And more or less, people kind of just moved on with their life. They either took the advice and they did it or they didn't. As a professional in your field, um, is there is there some kind of slippery slope or pitfall with some of the recent, um, not all of it, so to say, but some of the body positivity stuff um, that's, I think, being promoted out there? Like, oh, it's okay having, let's say, maybe a, you know, 60 body mass index or something like that, or, you know, some, you know, things along those lines. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's, a, it's an indicator. The, the bigger one, BMI does, is not necessarily the best indicator. It's a, it's, sure. um, it, it indicates it doesn't diagnose or it doesn't, right. you know, it's, it's a red flag. So right. people who have high BMIs who are obese, they're fat. They're obese. I mean, sorry. They're, it's just like, right. if you're fat, you're fat. And um, right. not trying to offend anybody, but, you know, it's just like there's that pos that part of it. The, um, the big measurement that has significance is the hip-to-waist ratio, you know. Oh, and okay. so for men and women, there's, there's apps that you can go grab on, you know, Google and, you know, um, and Apple that, you know, you can put your numbers in for that. And it can tell you your risk. Um, for, you know, disease processes, right. that's, a, that's a significant, but the BMI itself doesn't really say, but you know, you've got to like, take a look at, you didn't see obese people. You also did in the rise in obesity, which is a disease. It's now a diagnosis. Um, you know, before right. it was never a diagnosis It's a diagnosis. So clearly something's wrong. Right. You know, um, and those numbers are significant. You didn't see heavy people back in the fifties. Right. Right. You right. Have... Yeah. It's vir almost virtually non-existent. It's, it seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, I just wanted your, you know, your thoughts on that. Cause if I was to, you know, like I said, comparing, you know, anecdotally, you know, some of that, you know, growing up. Um, and by the way, uh, not to say this was completely out of the norm, excuse me, but there was maybe like, let's say one or two very, very heavy people out of a class of like 15 or something like that. 
wasn't really the norm. And then, you know, as time went on, you know, some of those, let's say, you know, classmates I had, you know, some of them worked on it and they became in great shape and some of them didn't. And I guess you could say now being a father um, and, you know, I have a four-year-old, I kind of see it more. It's more prevalent now. Whereas mm -hmm. I recall when I was a kid, it was, like I said, it might've been one or two, maybe three in one class, so to say. Well, child obesity is a huge problem. Yes. <laughs> and where children learn to eat is from their parents. And so right. the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> and, you know, and, and all those right. cliches that you can say. Yes. So, you know, I don't think, I think people should pay attention to that, you know. And, you know, I, I did an evaluation on a guy the summertime when I was up in uh, Massachusetts um, filling in for a doctor that's a friend of mine. And I always help him out. I love him. He's, he has a fun practice. Um, and I did an exam on a kid who's 22 years old, 21, you know, who can been, couldn't bend over farther than to touch his knees because he sits in front of the computer all the time. Oh my. He has the worst, he has the worst spinal posture. When I took, you know, when I saw his x-rays, I made the sign of yeah. the cross. That's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and I'm not like, genuflecting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like, Oh my God. I go, I was like, if you don't move, you're going to die such an early death. I said, seriously, right. I said, you need to, you know, get stronger. You need to work on your posture. It's not, it's not a question of like, you've got years to do this. You need to do it now. You need to do it yesterday. Right. What was your mother doing when you were growing up or were your father, right. you know, like, what were you doing? Why were you not paying attention? And do they do the right. same thing? You know, so it's just like we have one thing that we do that keeps on becoming generational that has an accumulatory effect again and again. Childhood obesity is a huge problem. It's an epidemic. Right. And, and you know, like I said, you know, um, you know, tying that into like, you know, body positivity, which is kind of a very, you could say, prevalent thing nowadays, although it is good to be proud of, let's say, your, your appearance, so to say, but we should also be truthful as far as areas that need work and, and how to be healthier, so to say. So when I kind of look at some of this, I'm kind of wondering as a parent, if you're kind of gaslighting your kids, you're kind of setting them up for failure a little bit. If you're saying, oh no, it's okay. You know, if you're, you know, let's say if you're five years old and you're pushing 60 or 70 pounds, you know, some, you know something like that, for instance. You know, the, the um, disease association with that is huge. The chronic, you yeah. know, that chronic number, like that, that's probably right. one of the reasons why, I mean, for chronic illnesses, like even pre-diabetes is an inflammatory disease, you know, right. and it's like, you know, it's like, it's just people need to have better instruction and better path to follow for like the foods they eat, the thoughts that they think, you know, right. and the structure that they need to have, you know, and it's, right. it can't, you've got to like be mindful and be, you know, insistent you know, on changing the consciousness of people. I mean, it's just like, you know, 20 years ago, you said organic, only the woo-woo people had organic food. Right. right? Yeah. So now remember, it's like, yeah. it's, it's now it's very chic to have organic food, you know, and if you don't, you're not chic, you know, so, so, and, right. but, you know, there's a big difference between organic broccoli and inorganic broccoli, you know, and right. it's just like, they look the same, you know, like one's a bad date and the other ones will take you to heaven, you know, and you'll have, you know, and you can have the stamina and the energy that you need to get through even your longest day. It's just like you got to put the nutrients in in order for your body to function and it needs specific nutrients on a regular basis. And if you don't do that and you don't, you stop metabolizing things, then your body's going to think, oh my God, she's starving when she's not starving or he's starving and she's not starving. And it's going to start storing things in fat and every fat cell has toxins in it. 
Right. That's, and, it's, it's not cool. Yeah, absolutely. And to play devil's advocate too, but let's say if it comes to obesity and, you know, um, I guess distribution of body fat, how much of that is genetic, so to say? Um, you, I guess one can argue anecdotally speaking, it seems like do some people just have an easier time? Let's say all things being equal, do some people have an easier time or maybe get more results from exercising than others? It's not just exercise. You can't right. out-exercise a bad diet. Right. And, right. and and you're not your DNA. That's been proven, you know, because you might like have that. a predisposition. You might have a well, you might have a predisposition for something. And if you keep on eating the same way your parents did, you're gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, it's just like unless you take, you know, like, well, like, you know, do I want to end up like my grandfather died of heart disease, my father died right. of heart disease? You know, my uncle had a stroke, you know, like maybe they weren't eating very well because you are, you know, you, it's like how you get nutrition in your body is by what goes in your mouth and you have total control of what goes in your mouth. So if you don't, right. it's like, that's something that you can control from like, and moving forward with that, you've got to be really mindful of how you nurture yourself. Right. It's important. Very well said. Very it's well said. I mean, I help people with that all the time. It's like you know, people are like, well, I never knew you couldn't do that, you know, or just like, wow, you know, that actually tasted really good. It's just like people are lazy, 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 lazy. Right. And you can get into the 200, what was it, 211 toxins that are in the blood and urine. Of oh, 212. 212. <clears throat> so Yes. So the thing, the article that I read that went back to 2010, by the way, um, because that's when I started to think about writing a book about what was I going to write. And so right. that was my, my dilemma. I go like, well, how do I take that information and I change it into something that people can use? And that's why I came up with a book of questions that right. look that's a workbook guidebook and an advocating tool. Because then you know that you got you can talk from a point of knowledge. But the 212 toxins is the other thing because I'm thinking. God, I go, people are, you know, if all these people that were tested, every one of them had it in their blood or urine, then, and it was only a small group of people that were tested at the time. Right. You know, then everybody has it. There's chemtrails. Right. I mean, when I go out now and I look up at the sky and there's like, they, they're out there for like, I'm going, oh, there's a chemtrail. Because chemtrails yeah. just don't move. You know, vapor right. trails evaporate. You know, but chemtrails right. have got like barium in it. It has heavy metals. And so we have a lot of exposure to heavy metals. When we get heavy metals in our body, they go through the gut wall very quickly and they help damage it over a period of time. And they get stored in blood, brain, bone, and fat. That's deep. There's only a couple products. There's only a product, one product that I really know that passes the barrier of, of the gut, that passes the cell membrane barrier that extracts those toxins. 28 um, chemicals that you use either in your house for cleaning or gardening or something wow. that you breathe, you know, someplace else. So when I read that, I'm going, I just really had this like call. Go, I'm going to start talking to people about that. I'm going to talk to right. people about doing a proper detox because when you do a detox, you shouldn't feel like crap, which most people say like, well, it's just three or four days. It's just like, right. I don't have three or four days of my life to feel like crap for no apparent reason. Right. I'd rather like quantify. And, and what organs responsible for doing that detoxification process is you never detox a, or a, a liver. If you do impurge it, you can cause more harm than, than it's, wow. it's not a, it's not a thing to do. You want to tonify that organ yeah, function. Right. 
So you want it to be better. You want it to detoxify better. So it takes the toxins out and puts them in your gut. But if your gut's damaged, it's just going to recycle that back again and again. And eventually where it's going to put those toxins is your weakest link. So that's why you want to know what the weakest link is on this, on this questionnaire. As you want to know, where do I really need to pay attention to? What can I do right now, this day, this moment? to move forward. So I don't have yeah. the likelihood of something coming about, you know, is there. Because a lot of times what you got isn't necessarily what you got. You might have, oh, I have allergies to blah, blah, blah. You don't know if it's right. mold or mildew right. or if it's sugar or if it's a food or if it's avocado. I know of a story of a woman that was allergic to avocado and she ate it for 10 years and she couldn't understand why she had blood in her, in her, um, in her poop. Oh, you know, yeah. and so, but yeah, in the stool, in the bowel yeah. movement, she had blood. And when she would nice. change her diet, it would stop. They finally said, we're going to have to cut your gut out. And, you know, you're going to have to give you a bag. Oh, and she didn't, yeah. And did, yeah, literally. <laughs> and, yeah, that's right. And so, <laughs> and, so, and so she didn't want to do that. So she went and found a doctor who thought outside the box you know, who said, let's do a food test on you. Let's see if there's, you have other exposures to other things that are going on. Right. And he told her avocados was her biggest offender. Never put that in your mouth ever again. And just from wow. not eating that, her bleeding stopped, Wow. you know, and she didn't need a surgery, but it would have changed her life because she had five kids or five or six kids that she right. you were know, little. <clears throat> How do you wear a bag with little kids always pulling at you? Oh, yeah. And especially if the kids see the little bag, they're going to be curious. You know, there's, yeah. one of them's well, going to want to pull it. Trust me. You know, you can't swim. You can't play with your kids anymore. You know, yeah. it's just like it wasn't an option for this particular woman. And that's very, that's quite a true story. You know, he, she was a patient of a colleague of mine. And wow. um, so I just think, you know, you, there's things out there. We have to, you know, be like, you know, be more inquisitive. Like, why is that? Can you tell me what, what can I do? I want to lose weight. I'm not losing weight. Well, what kind of foods are you eating? Are you using things like, you know, sweeteners, you know, and things like that, All like right, agave? Because yeah. everyone uses agave now. They think it's healthy. It's not healthy for you. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, about that sugar, agave. That's everywhere yeah. now. So tell me your yeah. thoughts. Sugar sugar is sugar is sugar is sugar is sugar. Whether it's maltose, right. fructose, agave, like, you know, and um, glucose, sucrose. Yeah. maltose, you know, and it's whatever it is. Sugar is sugar. If you right. have it and you don't metabolize carbohydrates and sugar is a carbohydrate, you're not going to metabolize fat. So how do you ever expect to lose weight? You know, wow. and it's just the end. Yeah. And then having the right proportion of proteins, fats, and carbohydrate is really a key and something that can accelerate your weight loss, especially if you know how to put those foods together so that your body utilizes them better. I help Incredible. people with that all the time. It's like, you know, I can do that in my sleep <laughs> and right. because it's just, it's like, I learned that such a long time ago that it's like, wow. And I just thought everybody did that, you know, when right. I first, and I thought, wow, this is really great. And how do you get to help people, you know, really, you know, it's like, you know, drink water. I mean, water is a good, like go-to for every organ system right. and also for every um, pillar of health in the body. So right. there's, you know, there's tons of things that people can do. They just are, are there. They, they need to be more inquisitive, you know, because nothing's more frustrating, you know, to a physician. Like, well, what have you done for this so far? They're going, duh, right. you know, they don't have it. And I'm going like, okay. Or they give them a solution that's known to work and they don't do it. It's just like, so right. where, what's going on with your mindset? That's why you've got to address mindset first. You're like, mindset, what's going on right. in your mindset that's preventing you 
from moving forward? Did something happen to you in your childhood? Let's talk about that. Let's get right. that off. Let's get that off the plate, you know, and put in its proper place because there's nothing truly you can do about your past. There is something that you can do about your present, but if participles in the past are hanging out there, you know, that right. pop in just when you're going to be successful or when you just like, oh God, you know, I'm going to go on vacation. You know, when I'm on vacation, I decide I'm going to have like, I'm going to be able to have a margarita. I can't wait. Right. Well, if you could have promise that you could have just one and just have one, you know, what right. day would you spend that on in your vacation? Because if right. you have it in the beginning, you're going to want to have a second and a third and a fourth. And that. so oh, yeah. it's just like, so you got to look at what's your investment? Like, you know, your best investment is yourself. I don't know how to say it any plainer um, and more simpler. It's just you've got like, you need your health for everything. And if you don't take the time to invest now and you don't take time to pay the, you know, like whatever it is now to have better food, to have better solutions, then you will pay later. I mean, the average cost of someone out of pocket for diabetes is close to 20 grand. Wow. You know? And so yeah, like, and, and like, you know, there's, you have those other chronic diseases too. And that's easily found looking, simply doing a Google search on that. What is out of pocket for chronic illness and disease? And they have a list. Wow. And, you know, going back to the 212 chemicals that are commonly yes. found in the urine and uh, blood of Americans, you mentioned barium. Could you laundry list some of the other common ones that are found there? You know, things that are just going to be immediately obvious once you mention it and things that probably we interact with uh, daily. Well, you know, like the, you know, those things that are in chemtrails, you know, the, chemtrails. those are easily found on Google too. But the top four things that people have ever been, you know, had sensitivity is cadmium, mercury, lead, and um, let me think of another one off the top of my head. Those are always the first. I always always get the first three when I get to the first one. Cadmium, mercury, lead. I think of machinery. <laughs> I think of tools. Well, petrochemicals. I hear about that. Right. Well, look at, yes, exactly. look at pet, like if people use petroleum jelly and they put it on their skin. 65% of what you That's put on point. your skin gets absorbed in your body. You know, wow. so you have, there's, there's things that, you know, to take, you know, as far as in, in the product, um, and the clear dress product that I recommend people to take for getting rid of like, like a lot of chemicals in your body, there's a 20, there's 28 known chemicals that are, you know, are there. If you look at, you know, like, um, like, it, like anything that has a benzene ring in it, like, you know, the tetrachlor hydrocarbons, when you're, right. cooking in when you're cooking in Teflon, you know, those things go, um, in, um, those things are in your, go in your food, plastics. Phthalates. If you like, you know, if you're drinking water that's, you know, that you buy at a, at a gas station, you know, beware because water that you buy at a gas station probably has been sitting outside in the sun and those hot, really uh, high temperatures, yeah. you know, it extracts those, they extracts the plastics the into you. The and then when you drink those, they never go away, you know? So, um, and by the way, going further on that. So for, let's say for, for many of, many of us who've ever worked in an office, when you're reheating and microwaving your lunch, how bad is that for you? Depends on what you microwave it in. I mean, there's some research okay. that says from colleagues of mine who does a lot of research on it. He says there's, you know, microwave is not good for you or not right. is okay to use. I don't use it. I use it as little as possible. Yeah, you know? same um, I seldom you know? use it anymore. And um, and so the, um, you know, the 
you know, it's just like I, I use it for like maybe less like taking the chill or defrosting something right. and then I take it out. But, you know, my um, I've never really um, I've never really used a microwave very much at all. I mean, when I'm traveling, sometimes if I'm staying in an Airbnb that doesn't have a stovetop to be able to use, um, right. then, you know, I, I'd look at. You know, then, then I might use it for some purpose like that, but I don't recommend them. Yeah. You know, and if you can just take the time to not use them and just like go through the, the way that you would normally cook, you know, Teflon, right. you can use, you just can't use Teflon on high heat ever. Anything, right. above, anything above medium doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Moving forward. Um, your book is divided into 12 chapters and even in just chapter seven alone pertaining to the immune system um there's uh there's 31 specific areas you address and for each chapter there's kind of a rating system accompanied with questions could you uh, go into how you organize the uh the chapters of your book and why you chose to do it so like this um, well, the chapters in the book follow the organ system. So it's just you start with what you eat, what happens to what you eat. Um, and it looks at different parts of the, um, the first chapter is about the gut. And so um, it, it looks at four areas of the gut and four areas of function in the gut. And so, you know, whether it is inflammation or whether it is the colon um, or the right. small intestine, you know, and then from the gut, food gets into the, the blood system and it goes to the liver you know, so yes. it's kind of in and, and, and a progression of like, you know, then what also happens in the gut? Then you have sugar. What does sugar go to? You know, like and when you're eating sugars or eating other toxins, you know, right. and um, and then, you know, there's like going down the line. So you end up with like male at the end, male is chapter 11 and the 12th chapter is female. So male pertains, you know, because there's 11 organ systems, you know, pretty well right. known. Um, you know, if there's 12 chapters, because clearly one's for men, one's for women only. Sure. Although I have people who try to answer for both, but it's like, um, you know, that, that, that is, that's happens. <laughs> right. Right. Then they realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're talking about, you know, the prostate here. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you know, got it. So, okay. I, I just, uh, you know, when I was yes. doing the four the big ones, the biggest, heaviest one is mercury. The second one is lead, cadmium and arsenic. 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 Yeah. Arsenic. Wow. So the chemical often used to poison people is commonly found in, uh, life. Oh, it's found in it's, <laughs> no, it's found in chicken. Oh, it, you, oh wow. It, it, if you found, if it's, it, you know, a lot of like um, arsenic, if you, uh, it, and it's in a lot of foods. So if you look at like what, it's like what foods are arsenic. Peach pits too, right? Find, Isn't it found in certain seeds, right? Arsenic? Um, yeah. I mean, you would, um, yes. <laughs> the answer okay, yeah. getting convoluted. Right. Wow. But I just thought that was, I just thought that was interesting. I was sitting there going, where's the other one? It just came to me. So just, just pop back in. And mercury, I would imagine that's probably found Mercury's in a lot highest. of the fish. Mercury is the it's highest. Like, yeah, mercury is the highest. And that often derives from fish, I would imagine. And um, it comes from the filling. People who, people who don't, people oh. get like, you know, metal fit fillings. It comes yeah. from, you know, they use it um, as a binding um, substance in some things, you know. So it's just like whether or not it's inert or not. Um, you know, and like mercury will also, it when you can see uh, pictures, or especially with lead, 
you know, on, with like, you know, lead poisoning, you can see people, um, like if you take, especially kids who had lead poisoning, you could like take a look at their, um, you know, like the bones in their leg, you know, and there would be like right. these fine lines. And the only way you could get rid of it is by doing high doses of vitamin C help with that. But there's other right. venues now to get rid of some of this stuff. But, you know, you have to look at like, you know, where, where does like, you know, when you die, ingest heavy metals forever, where do they go? Like what happens right. to them after? Because, you know, I, ideally they go out of your body, but if the liver can't handle that toxicity, it gets stuck. They put the blood, brain, bone, and fat. I mean, that's, you know, and they tie in, I'm going to put quotes around that, you know, arsenic, and actually arsenic with aluminum with, um, which is also another one, um, yes. with um, Alzheimer's. You know, they found that, that oh, wow. there's certain people who have more of a, when they're tested, they have more higher levels of that in their system. So you've got it. Wow. It's just, you know, we we live in a very toxic society. People just don't understand how toxic it really is, you know, yeah. and, and how it affects their health ultimately. Wow. So just to be clear, so our basic fat cells are effectively like this uh, sponge for right. everything and anything. <laughs> and it's also an endocrine system. So it, it works with, you know, all your hormones too. Yes. So that that part of it too, but it's just, it's basically a sponge. So when you start losing weight, a lot of times people don't feel good either. It's because yeah. their, their fat cells are starting to burn off as, you know, as, as fuel. Right. All right. Well, moving forward to page 18, I like this chart that you have here. This really stood out to me and pair that with the quote that you mentioned earlier. And you also mentioned in the last episode, you are not your DNA, so to say. And well, he, Yes. So if you jump into this chart and you, you can see it a little bit better than I can, cause I'm on a shorter screen and that, sure. and so tell well, me I can where zoom you're in here. So tell me where you're at. Me personally. Yeah. Okay. To be you yourself. I, you. I would say, I, I would say probably seven and a half. I'm trying to be okay. as modest and as realistic as possible. I would say seven, seven and a half. Okay, now, so anyway. what does it say under seven and a half? Because that's really small print for me. Okay, it says regular exercise, good nutrition, wellness education, minimal nerve interference. Right, I okay. would say, yeah, nowadays, yes, seven and a half for sure. Okay, so then, um, well, you don't know if you have nerve interference necessarily, but the, um, right. but the seven and a half is on the lower side of it. So what does it say for the four, five, six? Okay, so four, five, six is neutral. No symptoms. Nutrition is inconsistent. Exercise is sporadic, and health is not a high priority. And I've certainly been in that uh, zone before too. Yeah. So you know, the the thing is about this is it's just to give people an opportunity to check in to where they think that their health is, because where they think their health is and where it actually is might be two different things. Right. And so, how you know where your health really is is that you do the you do the questionnaire in the book. And then you fill out the chart and then you make an appointment with me <laughs> and we talk and we talk about your, your findings of what, you know, what, what the numbers were. And I ask other questions, you know, besides the seven questions in the front, um, you know, I ask you know, a little bit more in depth questions and like, you know, what do you want to get out of the call? Um, right. you know, and with me, and then I can like send them in the right direction. Like this is who, you know, you should go connect with this kind of doctor. Or right. you should, you know, because you have something that really needs to have some more 
testing done before I would step in to be able to coach them and mentor them. Right. And I was wondering if you could expand upon nerve uh, interference. So, you know, as I mentioned, um, I originally started getting acupuncture for, you know, sciatica, which has greatly improved and in many days, virtually non-existent, especially with regular exercise and hydration and stuff like that. But um, yeah, if you could explain uh, what is nerve interference? Well, in chiropractic, it's a subluxation. So when it's a subluxation is is when two segments are out of a line with one above or below and yeah. thus putting pressure on a nerve root or a nerve. So that's nerve interference. So okay. the brain controls, the brain is the most important organ in the body. It controls all functions of the body and it communicates with the body going down the spinal cord, spinal cord moves. So if there's a misalignment in the spinal cord, thus creating inflammation or pressure on a nerve root, then where that nerve root goes to those organ systems or to muscle or to ligament uh, or to specific cells, then the function of that will ultimately be affected by that. They found even having a piece of hair on top of a nerve root or on top of a nerve interferes with how the nerve is functioning and gives nerve interference. Got it. All right. Thank you. Moving forward. So I like, I like this. This book is for you if. So this is really, I, I think, in, in many ways, uh, you know, the, the hook here. And it's very simply stated here. Every time you go to the doctor, something new is wrong. I think that is very common here in the U.S. Any approach you try hardly works or works for a bit and stops. I've heard that plenty of times. You know you should exercise better and eat better. I think nine out of 10 people know that, um, say the very least. You're ready for a simple system and make health problems insignificant. Um, I've been there before, you know, for the sake of productivity and getting something done. It's very easy to almost rationalize at those points. Like, okay, um, I'll start exercising later. I'll start eating better later. I'll start doing such and such later or at another time. And you want to know how your health is right now. And, you know, back to the kind of the, the continuum chart, I guess it's very hard for most people to kind of self-diagnose, like, how is my health? You know, some people, you know, based on their personality or just kind of based on knowledge, you know, that that conclusion is going to be off a lot of times. Well, you know, if you go from the first premise of the seven questions, after you answer the seven questions, you know, the books for you, then you also mm -hmm. this like this, like brings up the rear, so to speak. Um, this book is for you with this specific knowledge right here. So yeah. when people, the thing is that a lot of people and looking to do like, you should never DIY your own health. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, cause people do that. And then they end up um, having more issues down the road. Like some, you know, I, I, I can tell you stories. I mean, I have a whole bucket list of them. I can imagine. You know, from people who called me up and said, Pat, what do you think about this thing? I put this cream on my face and I'm now having this reaction to it. Go to the right. hospital, <laughs> just, you know, right. because it's just like, you know, or, you know, I don't know what happened, you know, this morning, all of a sudden my face blew up. Did you get, you know, bit by a spider, did by a bee, you know, what meds did you take today? Go to the hospital, right. you know, because there's things that, you know, you, you need to get handled and that's called emergency medicine. How right. people handle their health and look at like, what is it I should eat? How should I put that food together? Like, and, and 
You know, it's just like, it's overwhelming because we were never taught that. We were taught to take the Duncan Hines, you know, the cake box, you know, dump it out and make cake and have a happy birthday. You know, we were never said like, okay, you would never put cake and then put it with something like, you know, like after you had a big meal and had like a pot roast on Sunday, you know, but people right. do things because they saw their parents do them. And a lot of times the reason why their parents and their parents did them is because it like, you know, didn't, it, it, it didn't work. It's just like, that's all the food that they ever had. You know, if you're going right. back to the depression yeah. you know? and the story about, we have Easter coming up. So the story about the Easter ham and this little girl asking her mother again and again, like, why are you cutting the end of the ham off? Why do you cut it off? And she kept on saying, because your grandma did it that way. Your grandma did it that way. And so when the grandmother finally got there on Easter and she said, you know, now go ask your grandma why she cut the end of the ham off. And her grandmother started laughing and she goes, well, because it didn't fit in the pan. <laughs> you know, so we do yeah. things and we don't know why we do them instead of saying, does this make sense to me? One of my blessings in my life is that I love challenges. So when someone tells me I've got this going on, I love it. You are already in my like um, ecosystem of love. Right. And then when you tell me what it is, then my next thing that I love to do is I like to make sense of it. I like to take convoluted those, those issues that are a challenge for you. And I want to make them simple. I want to make them better. I want to make it so that you can go through that process without, you know, the hassle of going and like, a, you know, trial and error. As trial and error sometimes can cause you a lot of problems down the line or immediately. I mean, it's just like, you know, for instance, I had something that I'm allergic to cumin and that whole plant, like oh. turmeric. So I had yeah. that back a year ago and I thought I was going to die. You know, I've never wow. been so sick in my life ever, you know, and it was an allergic reaction to that. But I, I, everyone else going, oh, you've got COVID. I got tested for it. I didn't have COVID. It's just like I had an allergic reaction to a specific substance that was in a food product. And they don't have to. And just so you know, like if you have sensitivity, like especially people who have nut sensitivities, there's things that say, you know, it's mandated that they have to say if it was made with soy or nuts. Right. Right. And so also in the United States, it's GMO, by the way. So the um the you know so if know. you're looking well like you know i was at someone's house and they had chips and they had salsa you know so i took you know i don't i rarely ever eat corn um anything any corn product so i had one chip and i put it in my mouth and i said there's cumin in this and she said the woman goes oh i bought this just for you patricia it doesn't it didn't have any cumin in it it says it said it could yeah. i said that's because it's such a micro part of it they didn't have to oh, report it because it's only a certain list, percentage yeah. It's only a certain percentage and above from the highest to lowest ingredient. So it's just right. like, and so, but if it's, it's there, it's just like for somebody who has sensitivity to stuff. So sometimes when you eat things and you have a food hangover, you got to take yeah. a look at what was in your food and that that food's not your best food for you to eat. Right. And you mentioned corn. So why do you tend to avoid corn? All corn in the United States is GMO. It's good to know. So all soy and all corn are genetically right. modified. Unless it wow. says organic, unless it's certified organic, then it's, it's GMO. I don't eat corn, especially, you know, anything that's made with corn, corn syrup should be taken off the market. It is directly <laughs> related to um, specific illnesses and diseases like diabetes and other inflammatory disease. Anything wow. sugar increases inflammation. Wow. That is definitely great to know going forward. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of going, what can I eat? I At the end, yes. anytime I ever give a talk, people go like, so what do you eat? 
you know, and it's just like, you want to know what to eat? You eat fresh, green, leafy vegetables, things that are colorful, you know, and right. you eat a solid lean protein. Yeah. And know, as and far as proteins go, oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I'm fine. I was going to say, as far as proteins go, eating a solid lean protein, uh, what can you say when it comes to, you know, red meat, chicken, fish? Is there an ideal protein or would it be fair to say we kind of need all of it at different points in our diet? Grass fed, yes. you know, for beef. Um, you have grass fed, you have, you know, nothing farm raised for fish and especially like, you know, sea bass, tilapia, you know, yes. um, bottom feeders, um, right. You know, uh, catfish, so, right. Things like catfish. that. Catfish. Yeah. That's it's right up there. Um, yeah. you know, so you want to have like, you know, meats that are grass fed and if you're going to have chicken, you want them to be organic and you want them to be free range. I am literally writing this down. And I think these are good reminders uh, for all of us when we do grocery shopping. You know, your grocery list goes up, but you, I always say, you know, when I used to take, take really good care of my dog and like what I fed him, I always treated him as I treat humans. Right. And it hit for his nutrition. And his vet yeah. always said, he goes, you should teach people how to do this, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, because he lived five years past his prime of his breed, you know, wow. and so, you know, and, you know, part of his, the, the, you know, his end of his life, the last month is when he really started struggling, but he also had exposure to other things that like, you know, a higher exposure or higher exposure to Wi-Fi and things like that. You know, one place that we were staying, which I didn't realize the Wi-Fi was on the other side of the wall from where his bed was at, but the, oh, um, yeah. um, so that was, you know, so was the problem, but you know, he, you know, like when I had something going on, I would address it first with, you know, the lifestyle medicine pathway, which is diet first, then I would exercise him, I would stretch him every day. And then I would do a targeted supplementation for something that he had on, I would recheck his blood work up for people who have dogs, yeah. I do that as you know, as, as a service. Um, and then I'd like I map it out the same way I map out the chart for here. It's like I map it out. It's just like, what's yeah. going on? What do they all have in common? What do those high scores all have in common? You got to go, then you go to the root and then you go, we got to fix this first, you know, address this first, do the second, do this third. Here's the game plan. There's no process that does not require time. People have taken 30 years, 40, 50 years, you know, 20 years, 10 years even to get their bodies in the shape that they're already in. It's going to take more than a couple months to get, you know, back into sync. And, but the, you know, the one organ system in the body that really heals very quickly is the guts. Wow. It always interests me. Yeah, absolutely. And for each section, each chapter of your book, you have a scoring system. So, I do. <laughs> yes. I do. And what's the, Yeah, if you want to get into that a little bit. I will, just quickly. I mean, when you take the questionnaire, yeah. you take it in present time, you say, okay, today, in the last four months, have I ever had something, right? And then this gives you the definition, yes. what we're looking at right now, of like, you know, what no rarely means. You know, like, right. um, and, you know, or what sometimes means. So it tells you what that means. And you answer the questions accordingly, you know, and don't go, oh, I already answered that question over here. What did I answer there? Just re-answer it based upon what you're reading at the moment. And it goes right. by organ system. So each one tally those scores, put them in the bottom and then transfer those scores carefully over to the chart 
um, and then map out the chart, like, you know, draw a line. Where's 32 at? Well, that's up here. This is right. a high price. And you're speaking uh -oh. of the chart towards the end of the book, correct? Yeah, the chart toward the end yeah. of the book. How about we and hop so to that quickly and show everybody? Sure. What it looks like? Sure. Yes. Let me just wait for this do, 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 do. <laughs> So that's you right. got to go a little farther. Yep. And if you see the picture of me, it's the one before. No. Nope. Yep. I saw. Yep. Right okay. here. Okay. So I'm going to flip this over on its side so we can, yep, right here. And I will zoom in on it. Okay. So these are every organ system. These are the 11 organ systems that we talked about before. This is where the Swiss watch principle is really important um, because they're all dependent upon each other. No one is in, no one you can just look at just one system. So when you get your scores from each one of these sections, when you go through the book, through those questions per each chapter, it says chapter one, yes. then it has section A, B, C, and D. So you go chapter one, A number is seven. So you go find out where seven's at and you draw seven and then you put all the numbers in according to here. Um, right. And then you take uh, your pencil and you mark the numbers up, you look at it and then you highlight it in because you have to understanding the pattern and I, I, this is like one of the things I always have people do, um, no matter who you are, and that by doing this, it gives you a visual of like, hmm, let's see what the pattern is here. Oh, I've got a high score over here. I want a high score over there. It's just like, you know, right. I got something going on. If anything is a um, like a high, low priority or yeah. a mo like a you know, moderate priority, either high or low. Like those are all important because then you know, like, well, where am I at? It's like your blood workup. You know, blood workup yeah. that says normal doesn't mean that it's necessarily normal. You know, right. it's normal, but is it a high normal or is it a low normal? Is low normal trending higher or is low normal trending lower? And is the high normal trending higher or is it going to go back and trying to get back to in balance to where like the middle part of the normal scores are? You know, right. and if it's high, so it's just like, you know, so that's when I'm looking at people's blood workup and we order it. I'm just looking at, oh, you're all of them are normal. You're perfectly fine. That's not a good enough for me. And if it's not good enough for me, I'm going to make sure it's not good enough for you either, because you right. got to know that information continuing. Go, oh, is this organ system? This is why, you know, your blood values, you know, your, you know, vitamin C or your like in your CBC, why you have high eosinophils is because you have allergies. So right. if you have allergies, how does this, how do allergies show up on this chart? Well, they show up somewhere in the gut and they show up somewhere in, wow. in the liver, you know, for sure. Those are the places where I specifically look for that. And they also, you can look for them in the, the chapter six under mood, you know, and you can also look for brain function. So when people have this allergy stuff, it's affecting more than one organ system. Wow. That's incredible. And you know what? Let's do a little bit more of a deep dive into one of the chapters. And this one stood out to me, immunity. And, you know, earlier in the book, uh, one of the major questions was, does, do you or does one regularly get sick with colds and flus? And even today, as we speak in 2022, um, flu and pneumonia, these things still kill people. Oh, for sure. If you know, so it, especially it's very, if you're older. <laughs> right. And you're in so it makes clinic. me wonder, you know, um, what's going on here if, you know, let's say we have a new flu shot every year. We have we have all these supplements and all these things coming out of big pharma, but people are still dying from the flu. People are well, still dying you know, from. Well, because they don't have a strong immune system. So one thing right. to say about that chart is like when you start having, you could have 
you know, like high scores and have a low immune score on this. Here, chart. did you want me to go back to the chart? Um, no, I mean, it's just like people, okay. like, you okay. know, because like people know that there's a high, medium, and low priority, but right. you can have high scores and have a low immune system. It's just that your immune system hasn't been affected yet. Because when your organ systems start to falter or when you start seeing higher scores, your immune system is working. It doesn't mean it's overworking because you want your immune system to work. If you get a cold, you want to have a snotty nose because you want to get rid of the mucus. You know, right. you want to have get rid of the phlegm. So are you healthy when you have signs and symptoms? Lack of signs and symptoms doesn't mean that you're healthy. And that's right. what the, the fallacy in the last couple of years is because it's just like when people start to get sick, they're going, oh, my God, you know, and we all know that we've all had that itchy, scratchy, icky throat in the back. Yes. You know, it didn't mean it ever manifested into something because you took care of it immediately. You know, right. you did things. You gargled with vinegar and water. You did like some over-the-counter, right. like home remedy type things that you could use. Lemon and juice and water, you flushed your system out. Oh, and, yeah. And it, and, it, and it helps get rid of that. But just because you have... Uh, like you can have a lower score in the immune system, but have higher scores along in the chart. That just tells me that, you know, um, it, that something like, you know, whatever's going on hasn't affected the immune system. So it starts to falter, you know, but when the right. immune system starts to falter and you get exposed to things like the flu and other things like that, you've got big, you have huge problems. You have an immune system that could go into cytokine storm, um, right. you know, and, that's something that, you know, is, can be deadly if, you know, if that happens, given the right other circumstances. Right. Right. All right. So without giving away too much, cause we did cover a lot of the book already, but let's, I know. You know <laughs> yes, but let's, let's uh, dig a little bit into, you know, chapter seven, especially with uh, COVID and the lockdowns and just the overall increasing mortality of society. A lot of this does tie to our immune system. So let's just see functionally, how does one go about, you know, this chapter? So now we see here the questionnaire that each reader of this book has to ask, you know, his or herself. Uh, I like this. Eyes, tear, or water. Stringy discharge from the eyes. Itchy, sore, or congested feelings in ears. Discharge from ears. Nose continuously stuffed up. Tend to snore loudly. Runny nose. Nose bleeds rough sounding voice. You know what? These are all very good questions. And in fact, these are really like the, the obvious indicators, like in every, in everyday life, I have to say. And by the way, I'll even admit for like chapter six, it's gotten much better over the time, but I used to snore loud. Now, mm -hmm. not so much anymore, but I used to anyway. So well, um, but, that's because you're yes. eating better and you don't have as much inflammation, but the, right. But these questions, if you see them, they're all around your face, right? So a right. lot of them. So that's where you have the first entry of something that the Chinese would call an evil, right? That's where you oh, first yeah. have the entry. And then it, it loves the mucous membrane in there. So it's like if you create the right environment for the that it that microbe or that virus or whatever, it's gonna right. love you even more. It's gonna, it's gonna dig deep. <laughs> and it's going right. to become part of that situ situation. And that, so, you know, it, it, this looks at the primary, like, you know, like, like the, uh, about how your, uh, like how your first um, layer of your immune system is working. 
you know, right. but like I said, you know, you can have higher scores that might be more significant that, you know, that could be high that are working on this because at one point in time, when your immune system starts to go, then you're going to have more frequent colds. You know, you're right. going to have, when you have exposure to something, whatever's going around, you're going to get it. <laughs> you know, right. kind of thing. And by the way, number eight, nosebleeds. What does that tend to indicate? Heat. <laughs> heat. Um, okay. You know, in Chinese medicine, it indicates heat. Um, they say too so, much fire, right? Yeah, too Something much fire. Like, like, you know, yes. they say, like, you know, you have heat rising up, you know. And so, and when you have that, you know, when you start to get, that's like a little bit, you know, you might relate it to a little bit of fever or something like that also. And that, right. so, but when someone has a nosebleed, you know, it's just like the capillaries all of a sudden release, you know, and they right. break. So it's just like... What's that from? Is it from an organism? Is it from bacteria? Is it from, you know, uh, in Chinese medicine, they would say it's heat and it's usually heat coming from, uh, or it's a reason in Chinese medicine. Right. There's more than that. Yeah. In my early 20s, uh, and by the way, and this is when I was very active, especially, um, I would get semi-frequent nosebleeds, like once every two weeks or something like that. And it was just very mysterious. I didn't feel ill or bad or something like that. I used to joke, oh, maybe it's because I was just kind of more of a hothead back then. But like I used to kind of just get them like, what the hell is this? And, you know, I'd have to pull out a tissue and whatnot. So that uh, <laughs> I guess that explains it then. And as far as number two and four, stringy discharge from eyes, what does that indicate? Mucus. <laughs> mucus is okay. like, something's like a simple answer. It's like when you have like, you know, or right. like when you have like those like kind of what people call sand, you know, right. it's just like, um, it's like, you know, your, your eyes will, you know, your, your body's trying to fight stuff off. So right. when it does that, it's going to try to push things out of your system and out of your body in that direction. That's why you have the mucus. That's why you cough up sputum and you don't ever try to swallow it. Cause you know, you can have that that feeling like when people start to get cold that sometimes they have nasal drip in the back. They right. should try to like to like spit that stuff out all the time. Chinese are really good. At, when I was in China studying, that was one of the th wow. biggest things I went like, wow, everyone spits here. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And then now, it, you know, and now I I, it makes sense that, to yeah. me because like so many places are so polluted, you know, and right. it's like, if you take those, you know, those things in and so you're like, you know, but that's the first you know, point of invasion in the body, so to speak, is from the nose and from the mouth, but primarily the nose. That's why right. it's like, you know, like the itchy nose, scratchy eyes, stuff like that. Yeah. And number four, I want to ask, so discharge from ears, like earwax, um, the color of, of the earwax, or let's say the texture, how significant is that? Well, you know, I just, you know, the earwax, when the, the body's got things that it is trying to exude away from the body. You know, I yes. think that in Chinese medicine, they would tell you the darker the color, the more significant it is, you know? Okay. And, and so, um, but you know, everyone has ear, like everyone has earwax that your body's, you know, that produces and tries to get rid of. Right. Um, and, you know, and some of it's there for protection. So like you ever have an insect that crawls in your ear, you know, it's just like, right. you know, you, you want it to, so that it's not going to cause problems for you, you know? Right. And so, and then, and also pollen. I mean, if you ever use any of those air candles and one of the biggest things that you see in the air candle is the, not only the wax, but all the pollen and you realize right. oh, our, our right. dust yeah. is going like, Oh my God, that's so disgusting. You yeah. Know, that, that's in my, there's ear. a lot of it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've sure. had it done before. It was, I was mm -hmm. like, it was like a candle. It had to have been about this big. So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing like eight or nine inches. After mm -hmm. I was done, it was literally just a tube. I'm like, and it was just filled. 
Like, yeah. wow. You have to be careful of like whoever's doing it, that they don't burn your hair or anything. Right. But yeah. <laughs> and you're laying usually on your side with the candle in a certain position so that it creates a barrier of air. So it sucks whatever is in there out. Oh, um, okay. You know, that so there's, there's, there's a way to do that. And that like muslin is better than, um, than the other papers, products that they use for that. Cause it doesn't burn as fast and it burns more evenly. Yeah. Got it. Temperatures consistently. This I know about. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is all rich information. So going forward from this, um, even more questions um, that are, um, you know, concerning. And I, I think we should all ask this. So sudden difficulty breathing. Um, what is that necessarily indicative of, you know, so to say? Well, it could be indicative of blockage. It could be indicative of, you know, um, you know, anxiety. What chapter are right. you on? This is chapter seven. So we're going through the immune system. Okay. Oh, this is still, okay. All right. Yeah, this is just, still immunity. Yeah, this is okay. the continued. Because that's, questions, the that's questions in another yes. place in there. So I just wanted to make sure. Yes, I, that. I know. I saw. So, <laughs> um, so when you, like sudden breathing, it's just like you might have, you know, the might have sudden shortness of breath. You might have starting of the accumulation of fluids in your lungs. So you can't wow. breathe deep. You know, your uh, diaphragm could be spasming. There's a lot of things. I mean, it's not just one thing. You know? Right, right. And, and you know, and it's like when, one thing I want to just remind here, because we're doing this, but I'm telling to people, you cannot focus on just one question or you cannot focus right. on one area that it's a combination of the answers and the whole thing, you know, pieced together. That's important. Of course. But, you know, if I see a high score in an area, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at specifically what they answered. And I might ask them more in-depth questions about those answers. So each chapter, you'll notice, has notes in it. So that when you're yes, writing down. Yes, I was down, actually about so, to move to that section you know, too. Yeah. If, if, if you, each, cha each chapter has notes. So in the chapters that have notes, you can take down like, oh, I need to ask about this or ask my mother about this. Or, you know, because a lot of times we don't remember. We expect our parents to remember all sorts of things that we don't remember about growing up. Yes. And, you know, I've been, I've read and completed different health books, um, you know, and especially covering immunity and nutrition. And I have to say, your questions are are more than just adequate. These are very, very specific, simple, straightforward things. It's not simply, okay, um, do you tend to be short of breath? Or, you know, um, like I said, I encountered this in a lot of other health books. It's just very, very broad questions that you can almost just answer either way. And there aren't nearly as many questions. At least these are simple, detailed questions, which I think we can all answer reasonably. Well, somebody asked me one time, you know, in my first edition was that, you know, um, what do you, you know, like, what can you do for myofibralgia or chronic fatigue? And I said, you didn't read the book, you know, and I had this conversation <laughs> with back and forth and back and forth. Right. And so I said, when you read the book, let me know. And so this same person left a review and she said, you know, she goes, what, what occurred to me is in Western medicine, they don't know how to diagnose you until you have the flat tire. You know, they, 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 it, yeah. and, and they don't know, like, you know, when you keep on putting air in the tire and you don't realize that you have a, um, the, like with having the air in the tire, it's just like you keep on putting air in the tire and air in the tire. And you find out like five months later that you have some, you know, that you have a bigger problem and you got to take the nail out, you know, right. and it's just like, sometimes it can be repaired very easily. Other times it's right in the corner of the tire where you have to get a, right. go, go buy a whole new tire. 
So you don't want right. to wait for it until you have a blowout and have an accident and almost kill yourself on a highway. You know, you right. want to get, you check those things on a regular basis. And it's like for people who are doing a business, you don't do a business with the idea of like, oh, oh I'm not going to pay attention to that, you know, until that right. one thing. I'm going to wait till I go, you know, bankrupt before I do something about <laughs> my business. I mean, yeah. you, don't do, you don't do that. You make a plan. You put things in place. You put, you organize things so that they're easily accessible and doable. Right. And, and by the way, I absolutely agree. <laughs> this is, you know, this is, this is a great book. And in fact, I think when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to all of these fundamental issues with health, uh, these are things we should all learn early in life, or at least now learn as fast and as early as possible. If you have this resource in front of you, please get it. Uh, Dr. Ballone's book is available on Amazon, both digitally as of the 10th and both in physical hard copy and form as of March 15th. These are, you know, just from, you know, just from what we covered today, her questions are pinpoint surgical strikes, so to say, as far as what you need to acknowledge in figuring out your own health. Because listen, as knowledgeable as even I like to think I am, um, I can't even be entirely objective not without a question or a roadmap to, you know, essentially go through and actually ask these questions and, you know, write my own notes and score and tally these up. You know, uh, I think, you know, you know, I think they always, uh, they always uh, said as far as like the practice of law, like, you know, representing yourself in court is like doing surgery on yourself, so to say. Um, an old professor, you know, used to say that, so to say, but, um, but I think when it comes to health, especially, especially when it comes to health, which should be at the top of everybody's list, um, self-learning is not enough. It's great. And I think it's better than no learning. But taking that a step further, if you have a resource like Dr. Patricia Ballone here with her new publication, um, I think it behooves all of us to take a really deep look in the mirror, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where are we right now? This is a litmus test, so to say, and it's going to give us a color at the end as far as what our health is going to be. And from there, and with that knowledge, where do we go and how do we improve on things? So uh, for all viewers that uh, will be tuning in, this episode will be available on Spotify and Apple, along with the other platforms that I post this on, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch TV, and others. So in the post that I will be putting up, you will find all the information you need to access the digital version of this book, the hard copy version of this book, and the other resources that Dr. Boulogne is providing as well. And I would highly uh, suggest to anybody, if you are serious, if you are sincere, and you are ready to not waste another moment reach out to dr Ballon to start your health journey and dr Ballon, i have to say it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today and having the opportunity to really do a deep dive in your launch of this incredible book why are you sick fat and tired Listen, people, there is no bullshit in that title. And I'll tell you this, when it comes to any type of book, I think what a lot of people don't like is bullshit. Seriously. And I think, listen, we could we could 
call it like it is. Some of these, some books are just a little too soft and like, yeah, you know, you're great as you are. Um, you, if you do these little tidbits here, it can help, but you're still great. Like, no, people get these books because they know they're not great as they are and they want to fix it. And I think more books that are help that are going to help people, you know, to start diagnosing what they want to work on. You know, the theme, the title, it's got to hit you like a sledgehammer. It has to. It can't be too soft. Why are you sick, fat, and tired? That is our living experience, you know, in each and every moment. It's, you know, much of it is how you physically feel. Are you sick, fat, and tired? Or are you healthy? Or are you lean and energetic? Like I would, that is the question I want to be asking and perhaps answering, let's say at the end of this journey, am I, am I slim? Am I lean? Am I healthy? Am I energetic? I think that's where we all, you know, want to be. And I do like uh, the fact here, Dr. Ballone, you know, you don't use kids gloves uh, when, it, when it comes to this. Like I said, many of these health books are like, or you can say self-help health books, they are way too soft way too nice and way too kind of almost enabling. I will say that enabling because, you know, if I go to, let's say, at least when there was more of them, you know, Barnes and Noble, you go to the health book section and it's like, you're looking at these health books and they're just way too nice. You're good the way you are, but I'm like, no, no, not good the way I am. I want to get better. I want to get to best right now. <laughs> so hence the title here. I want a drill sergeant. Okay. I don't want a hippie telling me what to do, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing to also to remind your listeners, too, is that on those specific days of the 10th and the 15th, the book is um, I have gifted a discount um, for the launch, which makes it incredibly feasible for anybody to get those books. And so. My recommendation is the hard copy, actually, because I always want something in hand, you know, I'm the same um, way. Yeah. and, you know, in digital, I just forget about it. I mean, I can't tell you how many books I bought on, yeah. you know, same here. <laughs> on, on Kindle that I've never, ever got you. Um, but the, you know, but the point is, is that, you know, there is, there is a way to do that. Mediocrity. I mean, it's like you do nothing, nothing changes. In fact, it probably gets right. worse, you know, mediocrity right. for me also, you know, is not okay. And I don't, that's not the way I want I to live my life. And that's not where I want. And so I, that's not my vision of how I see millions of people. You know, right. I want them to have the opportunity to make better decisions about their health. And this book is an opportunity for them to actually grab that and carpe diem it. You know, and then, you know, it's just like it's all up to them about what they do for their next next feet. That's it. Where, do you, where do you sit next? What is my next best thing to do? And some things is, is just very, very easy. Sometimes it's right. complex. But there's no process. It does not require time. And you cannot put the cart before the horse, you know, and right. you better know how to drive the cart, you know, after the horse is in front of it and attached, you know, so you've got to have the information so you can make those decisions that are best for you and your family and those other people that you love. Yeah. And by the way, even just to preface what I just said earlier, yes, when you want your when you want your journey into better health, you want a drill sergeant. But I would also say also. Don't be too hard on yourself where you start discouraging yourself and you start getting lazy or you start kind of talking yourself out of this. Like I would say for anybody, I would imagine, and of course, when, when I really do my own deep dive other than purely just the reading so far, but when I start answering this, you know, um, one of the things to keep in mind too, no day is going to feel amazing when you're doing this. And in fact, I think it's going to be 
being able to endure and, and just kind of persist and keep doing it, doing those it's small steps. About, it's all about mindset. You've got to start with right. mindset in a positive mental attitude. And that right. combined with that, you know, good posture, you know, in the other wellness initiatives, you know, the only thing that could possibly happen with you is success. Absolutely. I don't know. I like success. Do you like success? I do too. And, and by the way, and uh, listen, even if you miss today, keep going. Each time you throw, each time you punch, you're going to get closer to the target, no matter who you are. You know, it's those it's those small 20-minute workouts you do versus doing like one nine-hour workout during the week. It's going to be those incremental steps that are going to get to where you are. So listen, just do it. You know, yes. we only have so much time. And by the way, you make a mistake. So what? You don't have a great day. You half-ass it sometimes. But you know what? That's still better than what 9 out of 10 people are doing, which is not starting at all. So go for it. That's what I, I say. I am so lucky that you are my cheerleader. <laughs> oh, thank you. And listen, I am so lucky, you know, um, for you to generously, you know, give your time to come on to this show and go through go through this book. And, you know, even though let's say this is mostly a show about blockchain and cryptocurrency technology, we need to switch it up sometimes. And you know what? Your health is just as important as your knowledge in this space too. So well, you need to know what's under the hood of your car. So to say. If, you, if you don't have good health, how are you going to spend all that money that you're going to make? I mean, seriously, you know, you'll be, you'll be spending on getting better as opposed to you know, having, just having fun, doing good, having fun and thriving. Right. So thank you so much. I really appreciate being here today. Thank you, Dr. Ballon. And like I said, everybody, all the information regarding this episode and this book uh, will be posted today. So please stay tuned, watch the show, check out the book on Amazon, hard copy, PDF. I personally prefer a hard copy. Like you, I prefer to have something in my hand. I tend to highlight and tab the crap out of my books. So please, people. If you want to start your journey, and if you want to start it in a very clear, organized fashion, do it this here. It. Like, <laughs> like the it. title, like the title, and like Dr. Ballone, there is no bullshit to any of this whatsoever. You know, it, it tells you what you need to do, and it tells you essentially how to stay the course while you're doing it. You know, this isn't a book to tell you, oh, you're perfect the way you are. Nobody's perfect, and certainly nobody's perfect the way we are. We get these things, we read about these things because we want to achieve and we want to win and we want to get to where we desire. So this is it. And this is the real deal. And you know what? I got to say, I think we need more of that in this day and age, you know, mm -hmm. seriously, no bullshit. Here's a sledgehammer. Start whacking. You know, then you're going to have swinging. to go, you're going to have to go find all those black and white people. You know, it's just like people who have black and white mentalities. Like it's a, like the, cause everyone's like, Oh, you should be more gray. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, if you're looking at the, at a, the great part of a grocery store is the middle part. <laughs> the black right. and white part is the, is the, the area that's around point, it. And right. that's where you should be doing all your grocery shopping is in that area. Right. If you go to a real grocery store. Right. That's um, a good point. Cause like all the snacks and the sodas, it's like all in the middle of the, it's, it's in all the, in the middle. middle of the store. It's like, you know, not. and that's when yeah. you go by and you're going like, Oh, you know, and then your lizard brain will say like, you deserve that Hershey's bar. Right. Hershey's bars are not good for you. Just, no, no, you know, they're, they're absolutely chocolate's good for you over 85% dark chocolate, but Hershey's bars are not good for you. Sorry, Hershey. <laughs> just, yeah, just a fact. <laughs>
Yeah, so. and I'll even say admittedly too, like I bought some of those bars that are like 85% and up of cocoa and mm -hmm. they're bitter, but I like it, but I also feel more energetic. Like there's never this sluggish feeling after I eat like an 85% and up of like a chocolate bar, you know, 85% well, cocoa and up, so to say. That's true, but it, what it also does is it helps you with um, stress hormones, you know, so a little bit, oh, okay. only a small piece, you know, right. and also it helps you digest your food after you have it with a meal. And right. So anyway, that's Absolutely. it. That's all she wrote. <laughs> yep, that is it. That concludes today's special of Dr. Patricia Boulogne's launch of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired, and Like a Scratch Record. I am going to repeat this again. You can find the digital version on March 10th on Amazon, the physical hard copy version on March 15th. I will be posting all the information regarding the book and this episode today. So stay tuned, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.